1: To say, I am here today with the elusive Rich Cretch. The <laughs> what? The, I can't even say the third time is the charm. It's like the fifth time is the charm. We finally have you on the air here. I think the first time I promised our listeners we were having Rich Cretch on next week was like five weeks ago. <laughs> so
0: sorry, I, listeners.
1: <laughs> it's cool. You know, life gets in the way and all that. And luckily, we had a lot of really good backup plans. So you know. A deep stable here at voiceofwrestling.com. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. No, and and plenty of people filled in and and filled in admirably as well. Um, I just want to say before we get going, huge fan of the show as well. When you you initially came up with the idea of the show – you know, I th- kind of thought it would be cool. You know, kind of a hey, just kind of sit down and chat with some people. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't expect it to be as great as it's been. And I think so far it's just been. And, and that's not to say that I wasn't confident in what you could do or what the guests could do, but it's even better than I even expected. Like that Jared Goldberg episode about Ring of Honor. Like I could listen to that thing like once every three months just to make myself feel warm and fuzzy about Ring of Honor because like you guys were done with that. I think I, I listened to it on a Thursday or something like that. That Friday I had plans that weekend, and I just like canceled all my plans. It was like, no, I, I got to do this. I got to work on the lawn, and then all I did was watch Ring of Honor all weekend. <laughs> Like I, I like actively stayed away from humanity for like an entire weekend because you guys got me like pumped up to watch ring of honor again. So I was going back and like looking at results and watching the old shows I went to and doing stuff. So, and I think that's a good part about this. Uh, the, the show is that you, it is kind of free flowing that way. And, and it like, it focuses on that one topic and the people that are into that topic, like you guys go so deep and so into it too. And it makes it just that much better. So no, I think you guys, I think you particularly are doing an awesome job at this, but then the guests have, have been great on their own. Right. Yeah, that, I, I, it's,
1: it's been above my expectations too. Honestly, like the, the, the people who have like even just come to me to be, because like that J.R. Goldberg episode you, um, you talked about was one of these episodes where he came to me with that idea, and there's been a, there's been a few of those now where like, next week's episode is gonna be like that too, where the, the, the guest actually came to me and was like, hey, uh, we want to talk about this thing, do you wanna, do you wanna do it? And it's like, yeah, awesome.
0: That's how you so, know you've arrived when the people yeah. are coming to you.
1: <laughs> but it's, it happened pretty early though. So I, I don't know. It's like very – people very much like this idea. And I, I think it's like a lot of people who wouldn't, who wouldn't mind coming on a podcast to talk about stuff. You know, I got like – um I got Jessie on who's like a, a Twitter person that a lot of people know right. that's never done anything like that. That was her first ever podcast. And it's like just because, you know, she might not be interested in doing a weekly podcast, but – you know, to come on once and talk about Big Japan, she would do it. And I'm sure it's the same thing for JR and for a lot of these other people.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and actually, and I know you know this too, but for people that don't know, I mean, one of my original ideas with Voice of Wrestling when I when I started it is to be something not exactly like this was, but similar in terms of I wanted to just get random people on and, and, and talk to them about why they're a wrestling fan. I thought that was going to go... In a certain way, like if they just said, Hey, well, I became a wrestling fan because of X, then we would focus on X and talk a little bit about X and what made X important to them and all that sort of stuff, and then sort of grow the conversation from there. So when I see something like this that you've been doing and, and see it be successful, because when I initially did it, it wasn't successful. Like <laughs> I had like 10, you know, I did, I did a few shows and they were okay, but like, you know, I gave up too quickly and assumed, Ah, this is stupid. Nobody really likes this or whatever. Didn't really go through with it too much, and then it ended up evolving into what, what you know, voice wrestling is today. But this idea, I think it, it has legs, and there is a, something to be said, like you're saying, where people don't want to necessarily break down the news and break down all this stuff they just want to talk about what they want to talk about and you're willing to give them that that opportunity and then work with them and whatever that topic is so no I, I think the show's been fantastic so far so oh, thank uh, you. i hope i can be a worthy guest but uh... i mean
1: i i really just the, it came from me just not wanting to talk about i mean why to talk about something other than dragon gate <laughs> <laughs> Actually, i was at like a like that was at my peak dragon gate burnout too where i was really down on dragon gate this year and it was like can't i talk about something i'm really enjoying like ddt or Even like New Japan or something, or even just, I don't know. Like, I would never want to talk, have to sit here and talk about WWE every week. Like, if I had to do what you guys did, do like preview or review a WWE preview every week, I'd like, you know, shoot
0: myself. Yeah. Well, Uh, if you've been listening lately, it's, it's, (laughs) no, 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 this this past week, that was perfect. I'm like, yeah, yeah,
1: it's exactly the amount of WWE talk. I want to hear of current events, WWE talk.
0: And then what do we do? I think we skipped SummerSlam. Was that the one we were like, oh, shit, SummerSlam, ah, whatever. (laughs) Just like moved on. Like, oh, we just (laughs) got done talking about, you know, Big Japan instead. Whatever. We'll get to SummerSlam if we get to 15
1: minutes of no mercy. It was like, that was awesome. That was awesome. But do you, do you get, like, a lot of complaints when you guys do that? Do you get, like... People uh, we
0: get complaints no matter what we do. I mean, to be honest, like, yeah, yeah, like, it, it really, like, yeah, because it, it depends what pocket of fans are going to come at you uh, about stuff. Like, if you talk too much New Japan, the WWE people are going to say, oh, you're obsessed with New Japan. If we if we talk only WWE, the New Japan people, it has lessened in recent years because when we first started and we... Uh, maybe not when we first started, when we first kind of got rose to prominence and, and people started listening to us, you know, in great numbers... When we talked a lot in New Japan, we would get those WWE fans that would be like, "Oh my God, how are you not talking WWE? How are you not talking WWE? You know, you should be talking about it." That's really subsided a little bit. And I don't know if that's just we've kind of cultivated an audience of that you know that I expect and know what we do, or people realize, well, geez, I understand why you don't talk WWE. Like, I get it. You know, I think that's because we it really is a lot less now. We get more complaints if we don't talk about. Dragon Gate. I mean, we get more of like, oh my God, you guys, you know, why aren't you talking about Dragon Gate or, you know, why aren't you talking about the, you know, bouncing around Japan and do some other, you know, Japanese indies and, do ju- you know, the, the the kind of the outside, the, the, the box stuff, your Big Japan's your DDTs, that sort of stuff, do that. We get more complaints about not talking about those than we do WWE now. I really don't think anybody... Gets on us too much about our lack of WWE coverage, or 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 says that we need to do more, or that we need to vote a lot more. And we had a little bit when we skipped Summerslam because that was kind of egregious, but like it's really not much. I mean, the numbers are are probably half of what it used to be in terms of people being like, why you know you should have talked about this more times than not. They they kind of want us to not talk about WWE. Like we're we've sort of suddenly became kind of the escape from WWE. Is like, look, I can listen to 17 other podcasts, bitch and moan about WWE, but you guys have said screw that it's boring I don't really like it that much or you know there's nothing to break down so you talk about stuff that you're passionate about and that's that's really always what I've said too is you know when people get mad at me or or complained or whatever I would say well I can lie to you and like act like I'm surprised that I really enjoyed that but I don't and I'm only going to talk about what I enjoy and and it's not that much fun for me to just go on here and bitch for an hour about, you know, booking decisions yeah. that McMahon makes. but he doesn't care. I mean he, he doesn't, doesn't give a shit. He like, doesn't
1: give a shit. That's, right always gets me right. about people breaking down WWE. He thought about this decision that you're ranting about for 45 minutes for about two minutes and then he moved on with his
0: life. So Yeah, if, so if he, he doesn't, doesn't, doesn't care, I'm that. not gonna care. <laughs> right.
1: But um but yeah, so like the the so, I don't I never want to talk about WWE every week, but um, you know. I, I would. it's good, though, because I get the mixture of, like, you know, some weeks will be current, some weeks will be historical. You know, we had, like, a run where we did, like, three straight episodes on, like, historical, like, American promotions, which I didn't really see coming. It just kind of happened. But, um, but, yeah, it's been very interesting. Um, the, the flagship, though, I, I told you guys, I think I said this before, either on this show or on Warscape. My favorite thing on the flagship is when you guys just, like, bury the shit out of DDT or something. I don't. Even, I don't even know why. It's just I love it when you guys talk shit about something I I really like. But it's just funny to me when Joe's on there talking about like Hikaru Sato. That's another one. When well, he's like, terrible. I mean, he's objectively scary. terrible. Oh, I love Hikaru Sato. <laughs> I'll
0: fight. I'll fight you to death over this one. And a lot of it too is like there are certain people that like when we notice that because like I, I legitimately do not like him and I think he's kind of trash or whatever. But normally I would just skip that and I would ignore it and we'd be like ah whatever we don't talk about him. But people get so pissed so we talk like <laughs> people have their like camps or whatever. So it, it is kind of funny to and sometimes kind of poke the bear a little bit because like we don't have to. I mean there are times where we could easily have just skipped over him, but it's like ah, you know what, let's let's circle that back talk about him real quick. All right then we move on because people and I think a lot of it's in good fun too and I think that's a, another real cool thing that, that in the past year. Uh, with our podcast that's been so much better, is for a few years, anytime we were critical of something, anytime we were negative, and I'm I'm sure you get this with VoiceGate as well, where people then, like, get really mad at you, and there's, like, this... And, and little by little, people realize that a lot of times you're just kind of having fun, that, like, you're not really, like, angry, and that they really shouldn't be angry about this, yeah. too, if you're not angry. Like, like yes, us talking shit about, you know, people would, like, make death threats at us, and, oh, you guys are the dumbest, and now they just kind of go, ah, that's funny, I like them. Like, and that's fine. Like, that's what wrestling be him and I you know you know Joe and I might not like somebody or Joe might like somebody I like him or whatever but like who cares I mean (laughs) if I like him that's fine we don't have to like make death threats to one another it's just like yeah okay well I you know I think he's good and you don't well you know here I'm gonna argue a little bit but all in good fun and that's that's been pretty cool to see uh and I I think our entire website in the past you know year or so has has been sort of gotten away a little bit from as much of like the arguments and negativity and more of just kind of having fun with wrestling and, and not really arguing with people to the end about, you know, our opinion and our opinion is right and your opinion is wrong or whatever. And that's, that's testament to everybody that that writes to the site and does the podcast too. It's, it's gotten finally to where I really wanted it, where it's just like, we love wrestling and we love this part of wrestling. And that's why I think what's cool about the network, like, you know, this show is, is a shining example of just like, Hey, what do you love about wrestling? Boom. Or like, wait, what do you like about this one topic? Boom. You, You know, and then you can, you can get negative and you can, you know, break stuff down in a sense, but it's the overall arc of the show is like, Hey, what's something that you're passionate about one way or another? Let's talk about that, and, and and every show really does that too. Like you guys do it for for Open the Voice Gate, for Dragon Gate. We have obviously Music of the Mat. They they do that. So everybody has their little niche, you know, whether it be Evolve, whether it be you know Japan indies and, and like the Burning Spirits Crew, and they and they all kind of they're passionate about their niche, and that's what they do, and that's what they kind of cover. And I think that's kind of, kind of cool. The,
1: the the it's funny though. The there's one person who might disagree with your with your positive right down there, and I think he goes by Gabe S. <laughs> uh, <if laughs> that's, that's too one. if that's too obvious, maybe. G. Sapolsky, yeah. <laughs> I don't,
0: but he might disagree with every. every... He might disagree, with, yeah, that that you're right, you're right, that
1: uh, <laughs> but other than that, I think that was people... not a great,
0: yeah. I was, uh, was
1: <laughs> everything evolved is not the first one I go to. Now.
0: Well, you know, I mean, they, we are, they, had to... they,
1: they did like the show, though, I
0: mean yeah exactly and that's the thing we've always had a this is the the most hate that <laughs> Gabe's probably had. we've always had kind of a love hate with Gabe like he's a guy who very much wears his emotions on his sleeve and like when you like something he does he's all on board and he loves you and you're great and you're the greatest and when you don't like something he does he's upset at you and you're wrong you know so, And that's always how he's been and I, I appreciate that because he's passionate about what he does and he's passionate about what he creates and and that's always been kind of fun this particular one this is probably the the most he's he's hated on us but you know I, what I, I I think when it's all said and done he'll he'll
1: yeah, I mean I, it, so. I, I think he's being a jerk, but I also get why he's mad, honestly. I, mean, I do too, yeah. No, it's,
0: yeah,
1: it can't really it's like a tough
0: situation for everybody, but uh Yeah.
1: But I don't really want to talk about that. I talked about that enough on VoiceGate. Um so we usually when I talk to I talk to guests, I like to get like their background and stuff, but I think you've told the story about how you started Voice of Wrestling like a thousand times, where you know you came home after money in the bank twenty eleven, mm-hmm. just all jazzed up
0: <laughs> about CM really Punk. How could oh. you sleep after that event? Like being live oh, there and like seeing that, there was no way I could fall asleep. There was. It I was.
1: Like I wasn't there, and I was. I remember being very. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about his candidacy, so I guess we can get into it then. But like that, that storyline for for like, I guess what, like a week eight days or something that was like the most exciting thing I'd ever seen and then of course they completely ruined it
0: yeah no you had like mainstream coverage you had like I remember for the first time in in forever I was like I was listening to sports radio like just driving home and they were talking I was like what is going on like guys that used to talk wrestling like there used to be in Chicago sports radio and that's one of the big reasons you know kind of going back to um big reasons why um I became a wrestling fan. One of the huge ones was uh, in Chicago. There was a sports radio, the Six Seven The Score, which is like kind of our one of our big, you know, flagship uh, uh, sports radio stations they had a show at, it was like 11 p.m on tuesdays it was called wrestle and it was two dudes that would just go on there and talk wrestling and i remember as a kid just staying up and listening to that so you'd watch Monday night raw on monday or whatever they'd react to it on tuesday and that was a big thing like i would stay up and and listen to it and consume it or whatever and that was a what, big reason what year, we, I
1: what year are we talking for
0: this we're talking like 98 99 2000 okay. 2001 so they, they were pretty they were attitude era i mean it, it, it was it was definitely not and that's i had always sort of watched as a kid like I think I really wanted to watch like Pacific Blue on USA. Remember the the Bike Cop show with like I think it was Mario Lopez or something. Like that. I Hell yeah, I really enjoyed that show as a child. Like, I I don't know. <laughs> that's, I I like Do Mario read- Lopez in short shorts, whatever. All right. Did I'm you not gonna- the Family
1: Guy episode where they parodied that and had them like had it as like the the Roker Brothers? I guess doing that. <laughs> I don't think I have that's, ever seen that. But that's pretty pretty awesome. That's, that's-
0: that's- So I would always see like the tail end of superstars or live wire or whatever the hell it was. So I remember watching and and I was always kind of aware of the characters, but for whatever reason I would watch, and I'd be like, yeah, whatever. This is just a means to the, you know, Pacific blue end or whatever. uh, By 1997, I started kind of getting into a little bit more and, and, I remember just once I watched Monday Night Raw and it was just like, this is this is something. And then when I found out Nitro was on too, I was like, okay, here we go. And then really from like about 97 on, I, I was a huge, huge fan. You know, specifically, you know, American wrestling. And, and that WrestleMania show really got me to another level because they would talk about the storylines, talk about that stuff. But they knew they got some deep insider stuff too. And that's why I kind of thought from the beginning, I was always about the information and digging of the internet and finding out more and learning more. Not just being content with turning on my TV and going, oh, that was good. And then turning it off. I always was like, all right, I want to know more. Like, why did this happen? Who is this? this, you know, what's the history of this guy? All that sort of stuff. And and I think in in, in two ways that really influence, you know, my love of wrestling, that show. And then also my love of of, of radio and and audio or whatever, which sort of led to you know voice of wrestling and, and other stuff as well. So that's kind of a, a double barrel thing. And I do not know how I began this conversation <laughs> at all with you. Oh, they started, they did like a special thing. Like they got together again and like were talking wrestling on that week of CM Punk. Like it was nuts, like sports radio was talking about it. ESPN started covering it again. Bill Simmons was going nuts about it. Like everybody, the, the world was going nuts about money in the bank. And then, like, and like how fast
1: can we kill it? oh
0: my god, and it culminated in the perfect story, the perfect match and then like he puts the the title in the fridge and you're like oh here we go this is incredible and like he shows up to like a comic con and breaks in or whatever and you're like oh they, this is they're nailing it and then like a week later he just walks out and then Kevin Nash and then it's just like and then, then i don't remember anything then i just like yeah. i don't want to remember it and i don't but yeah. yeah it was it was that night of where i couldn't sleep and i was like i got to i got to do something i got to just and that's where the idea like i mentioned at the top of the show in terms of of wanting to talk about wrestling fans and why they're passionate because I remember that week of like, even in the arena, you were talking to people and they were for whatever reason, just spilling their beans about how much they loved wrestling and how, you know, they started kind of got away from it, but CM Punk dragged them back in. And that was like the, the common theme with everybody you talked to at that show was like, Oh yeah, no, I really stopped watching for the last three years. And then this story, and now I'm here, like, and this is incredible. and So it seemed to be this weird story that dragged everybody back, buddy back in. And that was like, Ooh, uh, this, this could be a thing. Cause like right now I'm hitting it while it's hot. Like people are coming back to this. Like this is, I stupidly assumed like boom new boom, period here we go like everyone's yeah. coming back to the, the ship or whatever and and for a few weeks everybody did come back to the ship or, or whatever everybody it seemingly in my little bubble seemed like they were coming back to the ship and then the ship sailed away on a kevin nash sized meteor, <laughs> meteor. kevin nash sized meteor came in and, and exploded it and then triple h hit a pedigree to it and then
1: yeah, yeah. um so so was that like that for you too were you still watching were you like really watching at the time
0: Alrighty. Uh, you know, I I was watching, but not necessarily as intent as I as I had been before. Like, really, like you know, the '97 till God about 2004 to actually. You know what? It was it was actually '97 to about 2007, right after the Benoit thing. I really yeah. was just like, I do don't know? think I like wrestling anymore. There was... you know, what? That's the
1: exact same. That's almost the exact same. Yeah. Um,
0: do
1: You know what did it for me though? It wasn't even as much as the. This is embarrassing to admit now, but it was the way they killed ECW that really destroyed it for me. Like, I, I was really into... I mean, no, 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 I was still in the Ring of Honor at the time. I was into that. And then I liked... I went to that second one, they'd stand, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then they killed it. And that made me <laughs> really... Like, they killed it in, like, the first week. And that made me really angry at WWE for a while. And I just... So, like, more like 2006, I, I pretty much uh, stopped watching after, like, the summer of 2006, I feel like. And I came back for that awesome build-up to WrestleMania. In two thousand seven, you know, when they're doing all that stuff with with Shawn Michaels and stuff, mm-hmm. that was, yeah, 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 that was that was a very good period. But after that, like, I was gone again. And then by the time the Benoit thing happened, like, basically, I've I've had like a lost decade almost in WWE where I've come, I've come back and forth, you know, like in like WWE, I'll come, I might like come back and be into it for like a few months. Like, I remember being into like maybe the Shield or a couple other little things, but like nothing. Like, if you ask me. For, like, 97-2007, or even, like, earlier than that, probably, like, 96, if you said, what happened in March of 99 or right, March of 2002, right, immediately, yeah. I'd be like, boom, this, 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 this. Here's yeah. the per view card. 2000, if you, like, March of 2009 or March of 2014, I'd be like, I have no fucking idea. Not a clue what happened in, in May 2014 or something. No idea who was champion. No idea what was going on. So, yeah, it's basically, like, my lost WWE decade. And if it wasn't for the fact that I I was also a big Japanese wrestling fan already, I'm sure I wouldn't be in rest, in a wrestling fan anymore at all. Yeah,
0: no, and then that's like uh, so about 2000 like June or whatever 2007 I believe that was the Benoit thing. I really kind of took like a bunch of months off. Like even I was even going to Ring of Honor at that time, and I was just like I went like cold turkey with wrestling. I was like I it just felt weird. I tried to watch, and I was just like and like Benoit was like legit one of my favorites. Like I I, I always joke to people that like the reason I don't get tattoos is because like if I had gotten a tattoo, you know, ten or well now at this point I can't say ten years ago, but if I had gotten a tattoo like you know 11 years ago, it would have been like I would have gotten like a Chris Benoit tattoo. Like he was. <laughs> I was like, oh, Chris Benoit's the best. Like, he's incredible. He's everything that I, I love about wrestling. He's a real wrestler in this world of you know bodybuilding. You know, like there was yeah. all this stuff about. And I like legit. If somebody was like fifteen years ago, hey, what kind of tattoo would you get? It'd be like Tupac and like Chris Benoit it would probably <laughs> be my two tattoos. And thank God I. That's why I don't get tattoos because I, I was like, oh, geez. And so that was really like like you said, where, like ECW were so passionate about, and then it went away. Well, Benoit was a guy that I was always just like, no, he's the man. He's the man. And then you know that day of, I got friends being like, yeah, did you hear? Or, like, I know that was your guy. And I was just like, oh my yeah. god. And like I really reconcile like everything that I loved about wrestling and everything. And and there was a few months where I really just didn't watch it all. And then it really wasn't until – probably midway to 2008 or so that I really started getting back into it because of Ring of Honor and and, yeah. and really it, it was quite a few years until I I really got passionate about WWE again and, and it didn't help that WWE was mostly not good yeah. <laughs> uh during a lot of those periods too so it did took a while for me to get back into WWE and then you know by about 2010 I started getting into uh, a little bit more of Japanese wrestling and stuff so that kind of helped a little bit and then WWE got good for for a few years there so no I I hadn't totally fallen off but there was about a year year and a half period where just in general wrestling just felt icky and weird to me and I just I I, I didn't like it, but eventually I, I was able to kind of get over it, and I'm, I'm glad I did because
1: yeah, the, the 2011 run, I guess I was like I was super into the punk thing, and they killed that so fast that I was like oh, this is why I don't watch this company. <laughs> right, right. But like yeah, I, I see the weird thing about ECW. Looking back on it, I didn't even really like the original ECW, but like just when they brought that thing back, it felt so different <laughs> that it was, it was like just so interesting, and then they just destroyed it in like you know two weeks of being on de- on television. It was like okay, this is it's that that just i don't know there's something about that that really like pissed me off at the time and i was in the building at that the um the the change the channel show so i was oh yeah yeah yeah, that was incredible that was an incredible show but yeah i mean that 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 after that night it felt like wow this is this is stupid and they destroyed something else yeah and
0: that's that's always the the best (laughs) thing about Wrestling, and, and we'll talk about a little bit with these Hall of Fame cases. Because I mean, this is what makes a lot of these people have Hall of Fame cases. It's just doing something different, and just kind of making a shock to the system. And those one night stands were shocks to the system because it was like, holy yeah. shit! Like this is what they could do. This is what they're capable of. And this is a company that for a while had kind of the same old thing. And this, this is this is you know guilty in any company. I mean, most companies go through this where they kind of find a, a a comfort level and kind of stick with it for forever, really. Once they get that level, and and it's the guys and 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 the ideas and the shows and the storylines or whatever that break from that. That just make you kind of snap out of it. And go, holy shit! Okay, now I'm paying attention. And that's what those one night stands were. I mean, the first stand, the first one was incredible. The second one was was, was equally as good. I, I really do like the second one too. The, yeah, I the first one I thought, had more of an ECW, but I thought the second one was like, okay, this is they could do this. Like this yes. isn't this isn't it. ECW. It this is like a It didn't feel like a one night thing. It felt like okay,
1: this could be a real thing. And right, then two right. days later, it was like, oh, never mind. Fuck you. So I was at that show with the zombie because that was in Trenton, New Jersey. So I saw the zombie live. I, which I, oh, that may have been my last WWE live show. <laughs> I th- No, no, no. Cause I went to Survivor Series that year. My last WWE live show was a Smackdown for sure. Cause I remember going to it and being like, this is the worst fucking shit of all time. I'm never going to this again. Like, I just remember being so bored out of my mind. It might've been like 2000, maybe it was like 2008. But yeah, so I went to the I went to the zombie show and I went to the second one night stand. I wish I'd gone to the first one night stand, but being in that building for for like John Cena coming out and defending that title on on the, you know they kept they kept saying on the on a way turf or whatever on the road it's RVD that was just really really cool. And even back then I liked Cena, so I was I was totally fine with uh with that Cena RVD match, but but seeing RVD win, you know obviously in that crowd was really incredible and
0: th- and that was actually the first and then, and then we'll get maybe finally to the topic that, we had. Yeah. that was the first moment when it really became like i enjoyed cena when it, when he first came up and 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 then i kind of you know fell off when most people did when they are like ah he's boring and i went to bayface but that was the that that moment really much from then on I've been pretty much on the Cena bandwagon, except you know, money in the big, I 11, you had to move him and, and call him a head. and then yeah. you know, fuck <laughs> him off because that was what he had to do it. That was the fun thing to do at the moment, and that's. But but he's in, and, and what I realized during that one night stand is how great of a worker he was, and that's, oh, yeah, he's incredible. I mean, that, that moment where you, he just gets <laughs> up and he just puts that. The, he he knew exactly what to do. He was like, I cannot do what I normally do. I yeah. can't be normal me. Like like guys struggle with that. Sometimes guys struggle with like break again breaking from their their norms or whatever. But Cena goes out there and, and puts a title above his head. Doesn't look at anybody walks down <laughs> just like a cocky asshole does the, the shirt thing where people keep throwing the shirt back and, <laughs> and, and that's the, the greatest moment ever is that he doesn't stop that he keeps doing it and, keep, and he understands that never and never like, give up right exactly and he's <laughs> and that's the cool thing about it too is like a normal guy would sort of ring it up or like a Shawn Michaels back in 1996 97 would just throw a hissy fit and like throw the yeah. shirt away and like pound his feet and then work the match like a, a total asshole the rest of the time whereas Cena was like no this is kind of cool like this is a cool ad. he is a worker through and through and that's why you I always remembered that moment of being like all right cool like this guy this guy is great, and he is good. And then, you know, in Money in the Bank, where I'm flicking him off and I'm telling him to go to hell, and get out of here, and you suck or whatever, knowing that he's eating it up and, and playing it up as well. So it, yeah. It, it's yeah, there was a moment where I, a transcendent moment in the John Cena thing. Like, All right, dude, this guy's this guy's pretty awesome. Like this guy gets it.
1: Yeah, I mean he's you know he's never gonna he's always gonna be a little awkward in the ring, but I don't like I really don't even see an argument for saying he's a bad work. Like if you if you still think John Cena is a bad professional wrestler in 2017, I don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, you're. you're I mean you're lost. he.
1: He did apparently. He, he, from what I've heard, he didn't have a great run when he came back this time. But
0: no, it's it's not been yeah. great. But...
1: <laughs> but that PWG scene period, like, come on. That,
0: that was, was great. Hard yeah, hard I think that was the last like, the last breath of him. Now he's just kind of like riding out the sunset. Yeah. But, no.
1: but he's earned the right to coast, I guess. But some people who coasted and some who didn't. The Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's my best attempt to transition here because we should like get to okay. the action Should get to the actual topic um so basically we're here to talk about the wrestling observer hall of fame voting for this year with a a ballot holder rich Craig mm-hmm. ball- a holder of wrestling observer ballot he just randomly gave it to you one year right how long have you been a, how, how long have you had like three years
0: Uh, I've had it now two years two Two years years. so I uh, I begged for it one year didn't get it begged for it another year didn't get it and then finally the next year it it popped up in some random email (laughs) that's it's incredible everybody's got like their great stories of when they got it and how they got it or whatever it's it's really bizarre it's it Dave's a Dave's not fellow with how he says they just like pop up on on this random emails like you sent him an email years ago and he replies to that email with the ballot and it's just like oh okay like all right thanks yeah that's
1: so so Dave, hopefully I'm, I'm not gonna cross my fingers for about anytime soon, but if you happen to listen to this mr bouncer um, Wrestling on <laughs> at gmail.com just reach out to me brother I'd be happy to vote but in the meantime we have the we're gonna talk about the the modern u.s. Canada uh, category the Japan category and the a little bit about the non-wrestler category I um, probably talk about more about some candidates than others because we both i'm sure we'll both have more to say about some than others uh neither one of us really knows anything about mexico or europe or historical or Oceania or any of this other bullshit or planet mars like we don't we're not we're not up on any of that so you know if you want to hear that i'm sure there'll be listen to the cubs fan he'll tell tell you about mexico uh, who do you go know to for your, for your like, historical takes your Europe takes? I don't even yeah, in the,
0: in the past we had used – the, the Euro, we always had a tough time. The, actually, the reason – one of the first emails that I got replied to Dave on the, the, the Hall of Fame was me asking him who the hell should I talk to about Europe or whatever, and he sent me a few names. And, like, now I think it would be a little bit easier to get guys, but the problem is a lot of the people that are passionate about European wrestling right now aren't, like, weren't, you know, ardent, like, Killer Carl Cox. Like, they don't – know like, they're, like, 19 teen and 20 or whatever and like they might know of the names they might know of the history they might know of like like basic guys like big daddy or whatever but the europe and and, and the, the australia pacific islands at all you know that sort of stuff a lot of those are historic guys and the guys from many many years ago that that we really have had a tough time ever finding anybody that knows a ton about those like they apparently they have their voters and apparently there are people of course that, that do vote for them but most people that you talk to most people in our bubble have no clue and, and really don't vote in those categories because like and and i haven't either because it's like i you know i i've tried to learn a little bit about these guys but you know not. Being in that culture not being around there you know a guy, a guy like a big daddy is one that everybody always argues about it's like oh he's great he's this well he doesn't do anything he, he really doesn't i don't see the transcendent star in big daddy because i wasn't around there and there are people that live in europe that say oh no he was and he's a household name or whatever and that's why i just decided you know i don't need to vote in europe because i if, if this guy's a household name and to me he's barely on my register or he's barely on my radar or whatever then i probably shouldn't be voting in that category so i've always abstained from that and it's been really tough to find anybody Uh, They can talk about that. The guys that Dave did recommend to us, we emailed them and and, and they never even got back to us or they were like really old and (laughs) didn't quite understand like the idea of a podcast or whatever. So it it ended up not really working. But uh, in terms of like historical ones, we've gotten like David Dixon's fan in the past has has done it. Dylan uh, Dylan Hales has, has done a little bit as well. Uh, those are guys that are pretty good about it. And then uh, Matt Farmer, as well as a guy we've gotten in the past uh, mm. to talk about historical guys. So those are guys that really are into, uh, you know, really, really deep old school wrestling, which a lot of this Observer Hall of Fame, that's the reason we're not going to talk about the historical, because, like, you know, <laughs> some of these guys are, are very, very, very old. And, like, guys that even even if we try to study and try to learn up on, it's it's really tough. I mean, these are yeah. guys from the 50s and the 40s. And, yeah. and guys, I mean, the guy <laughs> that got elected last year was from, like, the 1890s. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, sure is was great. Like,
1: um, but yeah, so we'll we'll start with the U.S. That makes sense to you. Yeah, let's so, do that. So just to just be clear, if people don't know um, the way the Observer Bounding works. It's very similar to baseball, right? Is how it uh, it's like. Yeah, what it's I would about. say
0: it's 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 most close to the the baseball hall of fame. It's it's not. I mean, forget other wrestling hall of fame. It's not like the WWE Hall of Fame where it's just whoever fits a like, man. It's Vince, yeah, right? like
1: you know, the little guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Coco Beware, why not?
0: Yeah, so yeah. uh, it's it's very different than that. So yeah, I'd say it's the closest to the – um, pro- probably close closest to the baseball Hall of Fame for sure.
1: Yeah, so you need at least 60% to get in. Um, if you get less than 10%, you're knocked off the following year's ballot. And recently they enacted a very controversial rule that says if you're on the ballot for more than 15 years – uh, and don't get in or don't get at least 50 percent of so you only have to get in you just have to get at least 50 percent of the vote to stay on the ballot for next year or get in you're kicked off the ballot which i can't it, it boggles my mind this is controversial it's like if you can't decide on somebody after 15 fucking years <laughs> i don't think they're a hall of famer they it was a big 15 deal 15 tries
0: People got very upset about it when it first happened, but it's been good though because it, it has. There's been few guys where because because the other thing too is you only get ten votes, so you get you get ten guys you can put on your ballot. If it was an unlimited ballot, then I would say, oh, then maybe you don't have to do that. But with the fact that you're limited in 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 terms of the number of people you can put on, that there were guys that were hanging around, and we're going to talk about a guy uh, here in a little bit who, who was hanging around forever, and it was like he was never going to get above thirty. Like maybe at most he was going to get forty percent, but he was never going to be close to giving in. But people would maybe he'd be the tenth vote that they would put in, or you know. Uh, maybe but it, it was like well what you, if he's he's in the hall of Famer or he's not it's like it's been 15 years to figure out if this guy you know we'll, we'll talk about him here in a little bit if he's a hall of Fame or not and like him hovering around 30 percent was just adding just a bunch of bloat to, to the the ballot and and just some unnecessary stuff as well so i think it was a good idea to sort of clean up the ballot and and let some more of the modern guys get in there and, and get a little bit more of a chance as well some people argued it did the opposite effect where it you know hurt the older guys but and that's it depends what area you're from and what you really like but that's hall of fame voting in general i mean baseball hall of fame there's been multiple books written about, you know, the politics of the baseball Hall of Fame and and you know, the good and the bad of that. But that's fun. I mean, it's again, it's passionate. People are passionate about the Hall of Fame one way or another, uh which is is pretty cool. And that's what makes, you know, people criticize this Hall of Fame too. I see a lot of it like, oh, who cares or whatever. If you don't like Hall of Fames if you don't care, then yeah, you probably don't care about the wrestling as ever Hall of Fame. And it doesn't mean anything to you and it's just, you know, this thing that Dave Meltzer does and but there are a lot of really cool people that vote for this. There's a lot of historic, you know, figures and and popular figures and wrestlers and a lot of people that vote on this and it's really the best we have. For for a wrestling hall of fame, and I mean it's not even close, you know. In terms of other ones, you have like the WWE Hall of Fame, and then you have like your shitty indies. Like that's my favorite thing ever when like your local shitty indie has a hall of fame, and you're like, ah, guys, you don't really need like a hall of fame. You're on like five shows a year, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, hall like of oh fame. my god, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Remember that? <laughs> well, you, you're uh, in New York. I don't know if you ever went to any of their shows, but like two CW. Remember that promotion? I I know the name. I don't think I've ever yeah, went. Had, to like them. a hall of fame, and I was like, uh, guys, come on! Like it's really not a like it's just you're just giving a plaque to like. The Rock and Roll Express. Like, here you go, guys. Like, oh, thanks. like they don't want it. They enough plaques in the damn house, but uh, yeah. But no, like it, it's the best we have. So if you're passionate about like the the, the history of wrestling and, and and Hall of Fames, if it, I think I tend to find that a lot of people that are sports fans tend to really like the wrestling of Hall of Fame. And then if you're not a sports fan, you just kind of roll your eyes and go, oh, what's the point? Or I don't really care or whatever. And I can see that. But if you're passionate about sports, if you're passionate about sports Hall of Fames, and you're passionate about kind of the history of wrestling, the Hall of Fame, I mean, this this is the cream of the crop. Even if there is issues, because it, it's far from perfect, and we'll talk about that. I'm sure a little bit as well, but it is the best we have right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest sports fan, but I definitely care more about this hall of fame than I care about, like the hockey hall of fame. But I don't know. The hockey hall of fame is kind of crap, anyway.
0: Yeah, way. well, that's uh, that's how I am with the basketball hall of fame, like because that's one that like like the baseball hall of fame I love and I think that's pretty cool, even though I have some arguments about it. But the basketball hall of fame is just like because that one's like all encompassing basketball. So you have like some high school coach from like Kansas who won like a thousand games is in there, and like you know guys that were good in college and like I to me I want like an NBA hall of fame. That's interesting to me. Not not necessarily. Yeah, the
1: hockey hockey was- one. The hockey ones like that too, actually, yeah. Yeah, cool.
0: so you got like some junior coach in like Saskatchewan yeah. that won four thousand games that's in there, and you're like, I, I mean, I guess like he deserves to be in there, but still, it's just like I want to argue about like Mark Messier. I don't want to argue about you know junior college coach and or junior hockey coach in, in Saskatchewan. So,
1: Rich, there's no, there really isn't an argument against Mark Messier in the hall.
0: No, I would hope that nobody would. Know. <laughs> I don't, I don't watch any hockey, so that was like, the <laughs> first name that came to my brain, so.
1: He's got, like, a million Stanley no, Cups. I think, yeah, I yeah, think he, he's a Hall of Famer.
0: He played for, like, 1,800 games.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only, ever, don't think, yeah. the only people people <laughs> don't think Mark
0: Messier is a Hockey
1: Hall of Famer are a Vancouver Canucks fan.
0: I was going to say, yeah, Canucks fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. Unfortunately, my, my hockey watching ended in about 1996. So, uh, basically, yeah. when I started watching wrestling, I basically uh, – so, yeah, that that's why I dropped a uh, Mark Messier because I was like, oh, think of a hockey player, <laughs> think of <about> a hockey player. <laughs> oh, well,
1: God. The man's not to say Wayne Gretzky.
0: Right, yeah, I know Wayne Gretzky's a shoe in but you know, maybe, maybe some people made some passionate Mark Messier arguments. I, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I would hope not, but.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, the American candidates. We'll just go in alphabetical order, I guess. So we'll start with AJ Styles, who was added back to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 year was he did, was he moving about Do you know I've, I've
0: been trying to find it out I believe it wasn't that far ago it was either 2014 or 2015 so it was the year after he had I believe he was either still in TNA or the year that he had left TNA he had not come to New Japan yet
1: so yeah, that I do okay. remember
0: because he was in and out. I mean, he, I think he had 2% of, of the ballot or the <laughs> vote or whatever. So, like, people just immediately put him down. And and there were some few people, like, I know Garrett was one of the guys being like, yeah, you guys are, you know, Garrett Kidney was, the guys are like, yeah, you know, he's had a really good career. And, and everybody's just like, ah, fuck it, TNA, whatever, get out of here. Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, he goes to New Japan and obviously, you know, does pretty well there. Uh, he goes to WWE, does a little well there. And, and Dave has always said if guys fall off the ballot, they, they're they eligible to come back on the ballot if they do something, you know, big in their career. They have a big career turnaround, uh, career resurgence, something like that. And I think AJ Styles fits that to a to a T as the guy who got a, you know, a completely new uh, lease on life, you know, going to New Japan and then obviously now going to WWE. So he's back on the ballot uh, after a few years. I don't know the exact year, but it was either 2014. I, I'm almost positive it was 2014 that he was on the ballot, but I'd have to check back to make sure.
1: So So, okay, so the big question then is, did has AJ done enough, in between his New Japan run and his WWE run, to make him a Hall of Famer? Um, I, I want to hear your your answer on this first.
0: Yeah, well, here's here's where I'm I'm going to kind of be a little bit interesting in, in in terms of a lot of these current guys. I I'm always weird about voting current guys that aren't like 100 slam dunks or whatever. Like a guy like a Brian Dano,son who at, when I was voting for him, he was still active. But even though you know he's I, quote at, you know inactive but I think you and I both know that at some point he's, he's going to wrestle again he yeah. was a guy that was like a no doubter like he's on the ballot he's got to go in like any hall you have to put this guy in like he is he's that good or whatever I, I do want to talk about in a sec the criteria because I think some people get a little confused uh by that as well so we'll, we'll do that here in a sec but um no the Danist was a guy who had to go in like even though he was active you know quote inactive or whatever you want to call it he was a guy that was like a shoot and he had to go in but I'm always weird about guys that are still still kind of playing out their careers and and whether or not they should be voted in or whether or not they should be eligible and and all that sort of stuff. I'm a guy who I want to see the totality of your career. I want to see when it's all said and done – what you've done and 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 judge it on the entire merits of your career or at least the bulk of your peak career like when once a guy's like 40 41 42 43 like once they've gotten to that age like you pretty well know that they're not going to all of a sudden at age 45 like have this complete career resurgence or or be completely different but I feel like you have enough of, of a sample size to that point to to, to know that but and AJ is a guy who, who's a little bit older and we probably should have that sample size but I feel like he's still kind of Telling his story, and and to me, I don't necessarily want to put guys in until they've told their full story because you have weird instances where guys get in and and then things happen. It just kind of looks weird, like a guy like a Shinsuke Nakamura who who was a really controversial guy to go (laughs) in in like 2015 was a guy that at the time and 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 I I still think when it's all said and done he probably will go in, but at the time it was like right off his hot New Japan run, everything was going well, and people just put him in right away and we're like, boom, he's he's good, he's good to go. But I really wonder if you put him on the ballot this year. He would not I, he get. Would get in. A, he would get a lot less. He wouldn't get in because he didn't tell his whole story. And then the rest of his story is like, okay, well, he was hot in New Japan when I went to WWE, and maybe, maybe, maybe it was New Japan that made him good. Maybe it was. Then you look at some other factors of like, well, why was he such a big deal here? But then he goes here, and he's just kind of this, and it's just so that I always want to let guys play out their entire careers. A guy like a Mystico is a perfect example too. After 2006, that guy was a shoe in. Like that guy was like the you know the, the top of the world, the, the, and 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 people will uh-huh. still argue him as, as as being a guy that should be in there. But this is a guy who yeah. won wrestler I would of the almost, year in 2006 like i would almost give
1: him i, I mean i don't want to argue mexico that heavily but, but a guy who drew that well for like two years maybe i don't yeah. know to me like that has John like right. an austin that has like an austin case i think yeah
0: right right well and 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 that and that's fine like I, I don't mind if people wanted to argue but again like i like guys telling their story a little bit more because mm. then it's you know you saw obviously he goes to to be a it's like yeah you know he was mystico and he was the big deal in 2006 but by 2013 if he was on the ballot again i don't think you were gonna go oh yeah no he was definitely a shoe and so i think it's good to kind of let guys play out their careers or let guys sort of do their thing before you put them in so Styles is a guy who i think absolutely has the credentials to get in at some point but i just don't feel comfortable putting him in quite yet okay. and he's, he's fresh on the ballot again and i do hope that he gets enough <laughs> that, you know, again, you get that weird thing where you're like, Oh, should I vote for him just to keep him on or whatever? Cause I do think, and, and, and he is a guy that I think could become a hall of famer, but I don't know this year, uh, a little weird. I, I I don't know if I'm fully ready to put him in just quite yet.
1: Yeah. um, it, It's very interesting. I don't, I don't know. Cause I, first of all, I wanted to hear you first because I have um much more of, I, I have personal disagreements with him. Let's just say, that might make might make it hard for me to be a yeah. Be.
0: I, I I could see that. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's um, uh, that's totally fair. That's I tried I tried to remove that from when I watched wrestling and I tried to be like, oh, well, I'm able to enjoy his wrestling, even though I, you know we are never gonna have uh, tea together. Let's just say, or beer or anything. But yeah, I just like I don't know. It's it's just not. There's something missing with him though. When I really look at it, where like maybe it's just that his WWE run was like very i it it got off to a really good start and it just really it from an outside observer it doesn't seem like it's been like, is this year you, – you watch way more WWE than I do. Yeah. Has this WWE been that, run been that, that great this year? It doesn't
0: this seem – This year like has run. not been great. It's been fine. It's been okay. But it, it's, it, it hasn't been awesome. And and that's yeah. that's going to play – I mean, again, like, last year, if it, if he was on about ballot last year, he would have, I think, gone in. I mean, he, he was on top of the world. People were going nuts about AJ Styles last year. You know, fresh off the New yeah. Japan run, goes to WWE, kind of transforms that company, goes to the top of that company, doing good stuff. I mean, he's a shoo-in last year, and, and a guy that at least has a really good case last year. I, I apologize on my dog barking. <laughs> (laughs) I don't know if he's going nuts in there in the background, but uh, this year, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of wavered a little bit. So again, like that's always kind of tough when you're doing your voting is like, you're supposed to sort of think of their entire career and think of the highs and think of the lows and all that sort of stuff. But it's hard not to go with the frame of like what year you're voting in and, and, and guys have ebbs and flows or whatever. And yes, Styles is, is sort of just seems like he's missing a little something there. I, I don't know. It's not like, he's not a slam dunk guy for me, just quite. Yet And, and I, I do think it real quickly though, just to let people know about the criteria in case they don't know the criteria for the whole fame is exactly how Dave puts it uh, is a combination of drawing power, being a great in-ring performer or an ex- or excelling in one's field of professional wrestling, as well as having a historical significance in a positive manner. A candidate should have either uh, something to offer in all three of those candidates or be someone so outstanding in one or two of these categories that they deserve inclusion.
1: Right? So now, okay. Drawing power. I don't see if We're going to break this down in ring. You know, I think he's probably, a, he's an in-ring Hall of Famer. I think that's pretty clear, whatever you think about the guy. He's had he's had enough amazing matches. Drawing power is the question where it's, and this is where this is where a lot of the modern American guys get hurt, is that it's so difficult to quantify anybody as a draw or not a draw mm-hmm. in modern WWE that it's just, it, it's hard for that to, to make a case, you know? It's just really, really difficult. The only thing you can really go by is like, I guess, merchandise sales and, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that AJ is selling that much merchandise or anything, but then again, he was also a heel for most of last year until this year. So that's a difficult one. So drawing Mm -hmm. power, I think we look at his new Japan, you know, he, he was a mixed bag. He for a while. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He had a big bomb at the first, you know, his first event there. And then, then he kind of stabilized and and, and was pretty good, but, but the the company drew better after he was gone. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. right, That's
1: a big problem I have with him and Nakamura is like, if, if, if these two were such big draws, it's just, it's impossible for me to buy it now because the company drew better after they left and after other people were elevated into that position. So, you know, I, that's why it's, it's difficult for me to buy the, this idea that they were humongous draws. Um, maybe Shinsuke a little more. Cause he, at least he did sell a lot of merchandise too, but I don't know. I think so it's that my, so, so I lean towards him not being a Hall of Famer on drawing power. And then obviously, you can't really you can't say anything about the t n a years for drawing power, which is why I guess no one ever took that seriously
0: yeah I, and the, the the thing though and and this is something that people forget a lot of times is is that if he says if you're so outstanding in one or two of the categories that you deserve inclusion and that's i guess the aj argument that's gonna be an argument yeah. for a few of these guys we're gonna talk about as well because to me that's just as big of a deal like i think a lot of people are guilty of turning this into a drawing hall of fame a lot of times like i got like a brian danison it, it took him two years to come in to get in i believe let me let me, let me double check that i'm almost positive it did. uh i want to find out what his first year numbers were i have them here da, 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 da. so he was 54 percent when he first came into the ballot in 2015 and i thought that was absolutely ludicrous because if you have a guy that that is as good of a so if you have a guy who's a draw as good as Brian Danielson was a wrestler, you know, like aka like Hulk Hogan, you know what I mean? Like, because Brian Danielson's yeah, funny, he's it's him, like he's objectively great, he's like, I don't care, tomorrow. like, he'd be like, like Hulk Hogan We get 100% of the vote, nobody would even think about it. It's like, yeah, of course, he is. But, but that's on the power of draw. I mean, not on the power of, of you know, most other stuff because, you know, in terms of a lot of other stuff that Hulk did, you know, it wasn't necessarily the, the top tier. But he was, like, such a shoe-in in terms of the draw. I mean, he was the biggest star in, in, in pro wrestling history, really. And so he had to go in. And, and Brian Anderson was a guy who, who thankfully got in on a second year, but the first year didn't get, you know, a lot of vote. Got 54%, which is, is good but not great. But it's like that, you know, excelling in one or two is an important thing, too. And I guess that's the argument that a lot of people can make for AJ. I don't know if I'm ready to make that just quite – you know, quite yet because I haven't watched a ton of his TNA stuff or enough of it really, but he's a guy that you can make, maybe make the case. Yeah. Regardless of drawing. Yeah. Regardless of historical, regardless of whatever, the guy has been so good in the ring for so many years that he deserves to go in.
1: Yeah. And I, mean, I can see that argument for sure. His TNA stuff. You know, I've seen a lot of it. He, it was really good. I, I do think he went to another level when he went to do Japan. So, but, but I think his TNA stuff was good enough that you could, you could use that as a basis. I, I, I want to see. I would want to see him do like. I mean, maybe at the very end of his career, you could make an argument for him just from a work rate perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any argument for him from from an influence perspective. I don't, I don't see what.
0: No, no. I think, think when it's all really said and done, his influence is going to be that guy was really good at wrestling, but not like yeah. oh my god, AJ Styles changed. The, I mean, the people, business.
1: people, people might argue the Bullet Club, but that was that like that's an argument for Prince Dabbitt. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and Carl Anderson. Now, like AJ came in and kept it going, but it wasn't his baby um and and was bullet club a positive influence is another <laughs> right. um, and then um like people might argue i guess that that he was so successful as a successful as a gaijin but like like that i see the argument i, I see the argument made a few times on twitter and like there have been successful gaijin in new japan before aj styles like that to me is an argument and i try not to say stuff like this because it makes me sound snooty but that to me is an argument of somebody who started watching new japan like 2013. Like, there have been plenty of successful gaijin in,
0: um... I mean, Japanese wrestling is is really, like, backed by that. I mean, the history, that, that's what I always find it funny when people are like, oh, you know, I mean, the, the, you go through the history of, of, of Japanese wrestling and it's really been largely, I mean, it's 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 been half and half. It's been, of course, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're big time Jap- but one of the big parts that that made it and, and explored it and Noki was a huge part of that and, and it goes even back farther than that is like having, you know, an American foreigner come into the Japanese guy, you know, vanquish him. Like that's that's been the thing, whether it be Stan Hansen or Vader or Bam Bam Bigelow or, or Hulk Hogan or Andre the Giant or, you know, it's yeah. like it's, you can go back, you know, decades Decades and decades and decades. So it's not like AJ Styles like broke the mold of like, ooh, here's a,
1: <laughs> a <laughs> foreigner. An American foreigner,
0: a foreigner in Japan. Oh my lord. Like the, like the basis of Japanese wrestling is based off of that. So it's like but I yeah, mean,
1: like, I, I mean, I guess you could say he did break a size barrier for heavyweights, but I mean that that's also a size barrier that's been trending that way in general. Like, yeah, like Catshi exactly. right, and is right, right. a small heavyweight, too. I mean, it's not like yeah, he was I guess he was the first white guy to do it, maybe, but like that's still not. It's, it's not it's not as that's not an influence argument to me no no i i agree so like that would be it basically it's just ring work enough to get him in i
0: would say <laughs> i would lean no but i i see the argument i just yeah i could listen I, to an argument yeah. i lean no right now too uh, so i'm exactly the same as you but I, I could hear it and and i could see it i, I could sort of, i could see myself being convinced as, as a little bit more of it becomes available and i maybe watch a little bit more myself but right now as, as i stand as a voter I, I i wouldn't put him in right now
1: all right. Now, up next, Bill Goldberg. Um, again, I, there's another guy who dropped off and they put him back on, right?
0: Yeah. I don't know the exact year when he dropped off, and, but I, I imagine,
1: I imagine it, was it was like really quick at the time. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Dave, Dave has a line there specifically addressing that you should have longevity, right? There's a line in there. Can you can you read it to me real quick? If you have, yeah. Any.
0: So here's here's the exact one. So l- longevity should be a prime consideration. This is exactly his words in, in when he sends the ballots. Longevity should be a prime consideration rather than a hot two or three year run, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless someone is so significant as a trendsetter or a historical figure in the business or valuable to the industry that they need to be included. However, just longevity without being either a long term eventer, a top draw, or a top caliber integral performer should be seen as relatively meaningless. So, all right. So it, Bill
1: Goldberg's out of Hall of Famer. I hate to tell you. Yeah, I know. It's like I
0: I, I try every year to. Kind of convinced because goldberg's a a significant part of my wrestling fandom like he was a guy that i I absolutely loved as a kid like you know he's a guy and and like there's stuff that i love about him and like it's it's undeniable what he did for the business In like a one or two year run, and it's not his and and people. The problem is is people go well. It's not his fault, and it's like I agree that's not his fault. I agree, WCW is fucking dumb and and didn't know how to utilize him, and and maybe didn't do the most they could with him. But at the end of the day, I'm sorry, that's kind of what happens, and right, like you can't control that. Like you get booked, you, you you work for companies, like that's a lot of guys. There's a laundry list of guys who could have been hall of famers if. Everything broke exactly right for them, and, and things didn't break right for Goldberg or whatever. Obviously, had a hot you know one or two year run, and, and, a, hot, and hot, this had a hot one year run, pretty much. yeah, yeah really maybe can, the,
1: like okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Down. let's break this down. WCW, he debuted yeah, about
0: April '98. <laughs> yeah, April
1: '98 when he gets really hot. He loses the belt in December '98. So really right. a hot like six month run because he never he never made anything after that December '98 after losing that streak and losing that title right. no you're right, you're right i mean he never met a single thing and the, 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 like i feel very strongly about this one this is this is I, ridiculous that they even put him back on and if he gets more than 10 percent, i'll be shocked like i don't know yeah. what, i don't know what the voters are on if they get more than 10 percent. <laughs> this mini wwe run is, is it's wonderful i guess but like and i'm sure the argument is that he came back and made a difference in a company where nobody makes a difference which is great but at the end of the day he's another nostalgia draw like it's really it's really not like that big a deal. It's every anybody with a name from that era can come back. I mean, maybe he did a little bit, maybe he, maybe he was a little bit better in the role. Okay. I'll give you that because he was, he, he cut some really good interviews and he had some really good five minute matches
0: and turned like, a lot of really good colors too. So, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> <a lot.
1: laughs> um, and he might have been a little more successful in that role than like a sting or something, but um, it's still at the end of the day, it's still when style to draw. Like, like if Hulk Hogan's argument was him coming back in 2002 if that was a major part of his argument he should not have gotten in like because that that and even that run was better than better and longer than goldberg's run here but like your nostalgia run cannot be your argument to get in and if them adding him back after what's just what is just a six-month nostalgia run is basically saying this six-month nostalgia run makes a difference and i, I don't see how
0: yeah, I'm, I'm right with you as well. I, I, I think he's back on, obviously, because of that WWE run, and and he's a guy that I try to make an argument for. I try to think in my head, hey, maybe he can, maybe, maybe, maybe. But there's just really not that much of an argument. He's a guy who had a you know hot year run, like you said. Hot, it, maybe you know if you want to stretch a little bit in the '99, I think you're, you're you know like you said, I think your timeline is pretty much exactly what it is, and then you can add in what he did in this last WWE run. But again, it was you know another few months, and it's like yeah, overall, he just doesn't have the you know the and then there was nothing in between. I mean, that's the thing. It was, it was like. nothing in between and and what was in between a lot of it was horrible. I mean, his his original WWE run was horrendous. Like he was terrible in the ring and he was no good and didn't matter. Nobody cared. And, and obviously his Japan stuff wasn't much better either. So uh, he's a guy that, yeah, you, I I see why people make the argument for him, but I just don't think that there is a real argument for him. Not when they're, when you look up and down this ballot and there's guys that have done, you know, so much more and had so much bigger careers, you know, in totality than Bill Goldberg and, and they're off the ballot. Uh, or, you know, they don't get enough vote. Yeah, I'd be, it'd be sh- I'd, I'd be stunned if he gets on, but we'll see. I mean, voters have done some weird things in the past. I will not personally be voting for him, so you don't have to worry
1: about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I would – like, look, I mean, just when you break it down, like, again, it's not his fault that after that December 98 thing – like, I was watching WCW until the bitter end. He did not mean a single fucking thing for the rest of his career. I mean, 1999 was him getting a, a title shot on Nitro every, every week and never winning the title – and never popping or raining. Yeah, and like,
0: then destroying his elbow and then being out for nine months.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. Like, you know, it's just, it, there's nothing. There's nothing there. The WWE run was fucking terrible. Yeah. that's... Like one of the worst runs of all time, actually, that WWE run <laughs> in 2003. And, and again, that's not all his fault either because the booking was awful. But like, th- there's no argument for him. He's one of the least. Um, I think, I mean, I'm, uh, he's one of your favorites. So I'm sorry, but I'm burying him so hard, but I think. No, no, you're like, fine. No, I understand. I, he was one of my favorites like, as like, like a him.
0: child. Like, yeah. I don't like, it's not like a guy that I'm going to go back and be like, ooh, this is like, I still I nothing, love like.
1: Yeah. I have nothing against Bill Goldberg. I think he's cool. And I think, you know, I thought some of his early run was cool, but just as far as like a case for Hall of Famer, he has one of the worst cases I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> um, I, can I, can I break in here and give some breaking news for the Amikaze listeners? A good I think news. I saw the same news as you did, but go ahead Oh, the, is, we'll see if it's the same thing. So, this is important to me personally. I think important to, to a lot of people who might listen to this. DDT now has all the rights to all of their entrance music.
0: Oh, that's not what the news I saw.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they can play, but I don't think as a DDT as huge DDT fan. This has been like the one thing that sucked about the DDT universe. I mean, it's great having all these shows live now, but missing all these great all these theme songs. Missing Ken Oka coming out the Bad communication and awashi coming at the sandstorm had them all muted like basically if you watch you don't have universe right
0: i don't yeah i know i but i i know the the annoyance of, of like knowing 90. what the music is and then listening to something that's not someone's music especially yeah. D T where it's very very important like it's like ecw like old ecw sucks on the network because you're like the Sandman yeah. Just, yeah. it's, all like, yeah. You're like, it's just like a midi it's like a midi keyboard fuck like, this like I'm not this Like,
1: Samman they just have yeah. someone yell like Samman in the middle of
0: like this yeah, yeah. But, or like when Jericho is- comes <laughs> out on Night Show to like his break the walls down I just get really upset so, so.
1: yeah I'm like, oh, that's even worse I think honestly I like, that's so stupid but yeah so 90% of like the theme songs were muted so I guess as a result of this fucking Abima TV company buying them they just have all this money now, to throw around, and they can uh, they can go ahead and buy all these rights. I, I don't know what other reason there be. So I guess really cool. Um, you know the one major flaw with DT Universe. So I'm pretty pumped to um, be able to hear some hear some Sandstorm again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the other thing too was like going to those shows in Japan. Like it really. Became clear how much I was missing again because it's like yeah. wow, hearing all hearing all these themes was just amazing. So, what do you think I was gonna say? The Kadani thing?
0: Yeah, the Kidani thing. But that's actually yeah. it, the more I'm reading it, that's not necessarily that big of a deal. But
1: yeah, I mean, Bushiroad is such a massive company. Right. Like, I don't. I don't know. If peop, like, if you're not a you know a a sad a sadly a weeaboo like I am, you might not know <laughs> just how much Bushiroad does. But like, if you're like, we went to the um. The oh god, with the Kami cat or you're in, or you're in Japan, and Bushiroad's name is just everywhere. Like anything you could think of, this bang dream thing where they pushed everywhere. with, like these, uh, th- this video game idols playing playing music, basically. That that was it. that's Bushiroad. That was everywhere. Love Live, which any anime person will know immediately. That's Bushiroad. That's everywhere. All these card games and shit. It's just like you'll see their name constantly. So like they're they are an enormous business, well beyond right uh, new japan pro wrestling so you know it, it probably has a lot to do with that too it might it might have nothing to do with new japan it might have you know absolutely nothing to do with New japan honestly so and, and other people pointing out too, like they the in japanese companies really like to like shuffle around the the uh the job titles a
0: lot so oh yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're ever, if you know the history, like I, I know a lot about the history of video games and study a lot of that of like, you know, obviously Sega. And and that's like, you know, they have a bad you know year and like half the company gets shuffled. Like they don't get fired, but like dudes just get like put in a new positions and moved around and that sort of stuff. Even when they're successful too, there's always like moving and shaking going on in those companies. So yeah.
1: It's yeah not... I don't, I don't think we should have it. Like the, the Japanese, the, the underreported part of how, how, like Japanese wrestling is doing really, really well. Right. Like that's, been a big story in 2017 it like, tends up everywhere but like the the japanese entertainment sector in general is doing really really well so i would be i would find it hard to believe that buchi road is not is like having a bad year that's mm-hmm. all that's all they do so they probably are having a really good year actually but yeah there's like the internal demand in japan is like way up and that's what's driving um like they're they, they're having their best economic year and like you know, since the last recession, like seventeen years ago or something. So it's it's been a really good year in Japan for all sorts of industries, not just Japanese wrestling. But yeah, I don't so I don't know why this, they're doing the shakeup. I assume somebody who can read Japanese a lot better than I can <laughs> will probably translate something at some point. But I was I was looking at it too and it just it, it just read like it read like typical Japanese corporate speech to me. Sure, all right, we gotta get back to this because we got a lot of names to go.
0: Yeah, GM we do. Yeah, we'll have, run, we'll have to run through some of these guys. There's some guys that I, I, I can just really quickly skip because they yeah. suck. So CM
1: Punk is a big one.
0: Um, yeah, gotta talk about Punk.
1: You know, he's been on his ballot for three years. Um, the first one we can point to that we has like a history here. He did 19% in 2014, 22% in 2015, and 20% last year. So we dropped 2%. Not off to the greatest start uh, <laughs> on the Hall of Fame ballot. So, th- so let's discuss this real quick. First of all, like, how much do you think him walking away from professional wrestling has hurt his candidacy? Because I think it's a huge factor.
0: It, it, it 100%. No, it, it's a gigantic factor. And I think it's, 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 it's a factor in two ways. And one, where people seemed, see, there's probably your segment of people that think he turned his back on wrestling and like, oh, he had so much left to give and he just kind of bounced and, and gave up and doesn't care and all that sort of stuff. And then there's also the people that, that, you know, kind of I, I guess you could probably put me in those camp who doesn't think he's done who thinks that at some point sometime again no matter how many times he says no 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 I don't care at some point he's gonna get the itch again at some point he's gonna want to wrestle again and I think it's I, I don't know if it's gonna take that one time when he's just like no look I'm not coming back like it's never gonna happen until people kind of go okay whatever but there's always that thing in the back of people's minds I think that oh he's not quite done that this guy still has another chapter left in his career and maybe there's voters you know and, and I might be one of those as well we could talk about, you know, my vote pattern with CM Punk that, that think, you know, hey, let me let me wait and see if this guy does actually get a second check. Let me see if this guy does actually come back. But no, I think him leaving uh, has been a huge factor in, in terms of stuff because he left his career pretty incomplete. And I think a lot of people are just sort of wondering what to make of it, given that, you know, it just kind of ended abruptly, and, and uh, it, it seemed like there was so much more potential and so much more longevity there that that just kind of went away in a poof.
1: See, I think the the turning his back on his career, like, I honestly think it, it hurts him a lot with the, the wrestlers. Like, I would love to see the breakdown of...
0: Um, oh, they have those. Yeah, Dave only gives, like, the top tens or whatever, but I, don't, I, yeah. I know Hulk doesn't do well amongst uh, fellow yeah. wrestlers.
1: so, like, I really bet you that's killing him with fellow wrestlers and retired wrestlers, so... Um, but yeah uh, like as far as like what his career is incomplete, i actually don't think he's ever going to come back like i a few years ago i thought he would but now i've hit a point where like i just i i actually do accept this career is probably over but i don't know like whatever something happens you know there's a portion portion towards like see Punk! here he comes and now it's just like uh, I, don't, I don't i don't know guys i think he's done but i don't know just that's just how i feel about him but so let's talk about the the three... Like, assuming his career is over, let's let's do it like... Okay, you.
0: yeah, let's, let's assume it's over and done so, and, and shut. So his,
1: his career basically has two components to it. I have Ring of Honor and WWE. Um, Ring of Honor, don't think he's a Hall of Famer if you just look at his Ring of Honor stuff. No. You know, just, it's impossible to have enough influence there. Um, I don't know if you've gone back and watched a lot of it. I I've watched some of it, like... I think JR said it on our Ring of Honor episode. Like he actually became a much better worker when he went to WWE. Oh yeah, He's
0: sloppy as shit in Ring of like, Honor. Like I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the character of CM Punk more in Ring of Honor than I enjoyed the wrestler CM yeah, Punk in, exactly. in Ring of Honor because it's it's not that great. It's
1: kind of I, bad. Like, exactly how I feel. Like I was a huge Mark form at the time, so I'm not going to pretend I, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't. But if you go back and watch it now, a lot of that stuff is really sloppy and kind of embarrassing. So I. You know, it's just, just. I think the the standard we expect as fans has risen to a point where it just, it doesn't look good. <coughs> um, the WWE stuff, I think, does hold up, but um, at a level of a Hall of Famer, like, I don't know, if, in, if, if we were doing this strictly in-ring, to me, he's not a Hall of Famer. The question would be then the other stuff, but do you agree? Do you think he's an in-ring Hall of Famer?
0: I, I don't. I mean, the, the, okay. when I've ever made a CM Punk argument, I mean, in full disclosure, I voted the first year I got a ballot, uh, 2014. I did vote him in, and I and, I, and or no, 2015 rather is the first year I got a ballot. That that year I did vote him in 2015, uh, 2016. After doing a little bit more looking at it, kind of focusing a little bit more on him, I did not vote for him last year just because I started doing a little bit more digging and, and I'm looking and I'm looking at other candidates and I'm I'm saying I I just I don't know that he quite does fit the bill in in terms of everything that you're looking for. I, I think in terms of the three criteria, if I, I, the way I've breaked it down before, and I, I, did, a, um, I did a column last year or, or two years ago. Uh, I'll can, i can, I'll put it up on Twitter for people. I'll put it in the show. Uh, when, when you post the show, I'll, I'll post the link as well. It was kind of the CM Punk. Going through his candidacy or whatever. And yeah. I, he's a guy that, like, in terms of drawing power, again, like, he's a guy who had, you know, a little bit of a period where he he was a pretty decent draw. I mean, a merchandise sale was, was through the roof and it was really good or whatever, but it wasn't sustained again. And again, not necessarily his fault. I mean, a lot of it was totally creative, but he was a guy who sort of broke through the ceiling a little bit, was able to sell some stuff. You know, Money in the Bank didn't do incredibly well on pay-per-view, but it did okay. And and he got obviously a little bit more mainstream coverage, but it was hard to really measure that in business metrics. Like you said, it's hard in WWE to measure it. Uh, what we do know is that he did really well in terms of merchandise sales. We know in terms of buzz, you know, whatever. Even before, you want to
1: call I, I wanna point out too, and this is why I, I, I actually would give him a stronger edge on Joy power. Even before the summer of punk thing, he did he did really he did much better on merch sales like from day one.
0: Right. Yeah. He was always the guy that, that was able yeah. to push a lot of that. So so that 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 definitely is a feather in his cap, you know, the merch stuff. Um, the in ring, I think the WWE stuff is, is is awesome. It's really, really good stuff. It's it's, it's just one of my favorite in ring competitors. But is he a guy that when he stacks up with other Hall of Fame in ring workers? I it's tough. Like for me, probably, but I could see how people would say, nah, and and, and going back, and, and actually it, it, it's been a disservice is going back and watching a lot of the Ring of Honor stuff because I've liked it a lot less every single time I watch it again. Yeah. Where I'm like, Man, like because I think last year I got like the summer punk like ROH DVD and was like, Oh, here we go. And like I ended up watching it. And I was just like, Man, he's really just not that great of a worker yeah, like, the, the, the character is the so, so good but the in-ring is just weird and he tries to do like like what are you doing a top row pedigree for it looks like shit like just stop doing that like there's just stuff you see and it just kind of looks crappy and then and, and that sort of hurt him a little bit where i'm like ah, maybe he's not the in-ring guy i thought he was but still very good because WWE stuff does hold up and it is great and i think he's had really good uh WWE stuff and then you look at influence and and other factors like that i think he Really, that to me, that's the biggest argument that you make for CM Punk, and it's one that I did make for him in years prior. Is that he was to me the guy that broke the mold in WWE more than any other guy. The one that broke the mold of these guys from the Indies, these guys from whatever it be, whether it be Ring of Honor or whatever. This, this, you know, and, and we're seeing it more even in this generation. The the Indies in terms of WWE and you know, the Evolve, New Japan. Uh, with, with, you know, I'm I'm throwing New Japan into quote Indies because in WWE land, you know, everything that's not yeah. WWE is is the Indies or whatever. But he was one of the first guys to really come from that. The you know, sort of the underground of wrestling and emerge and be a guy that they got behind and the guy that they gave the world title to, the guy that they really did a lot of stuff with. Like, people bring up all, roll we about Rob Van Dam. Like, Rob Van Dam was like a WCW system guy for years uh, and was, you know, yeah, an yeah. ECW, and WWE had their eye on him forever. Like, I, I, I don't consider him like an, an underground guy. CM Punk was an underground guy. Like, he came... From Ring of Honor and, and and got signed by WWE and they didn't change a thing about him. They just said BCM CM Punk. That's cool. Go do that. And it's really, I think, in a lot of ways, his influence is seen in everything we see today because now that's the market for 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 the performance side, the market for for NXT and the market for WWE is the Indies, is the underground. They 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 don't do a much of their own, much of their own development. And there's obviously not another company to poach talent from. I mean, I guess you could say TNA, but I don't think. I mean, there's there's not a ton to get from there. They've gotten what they've they, they've got from you know TNA. But it's not like you have WCW to go poach out from it's not like you have all these things and and so you look at CM Punk and, and he sort of opened that up where a guy his size from the indies from the underground wrestling can can sort of play his character and get over and and be pushed and be a big deal and I think we're seeing it you know time and time again now in in, in WWE and I think it's completely transformed how WWE you know hires people how WWE treats people when they come into the company uh, as indie workers and 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 a lot of how they allow them to work and how they allow them to you know, some freedom in, in, in rings sometimes. So, I mean, like, Punk has a lot of that influence, I think. You know, people will argue that maybe that's not as high. That's where I think he, he really excels in, but it, does he excel enough in that to really make yeah. him a slam dunk candidate? And right now, I, I, I don't know. Like, initially I did, and the more I looked at it and the more I studied, I, I don't know that he does. So right now, I'm I'm kind of a no on CM Punk. But I, I waver. Like, if someone wants to come at me with this great CM Punk argument, I can waver easily because he is still I'm one of my all time favorites. So I, I like. I can be convinced. I can be paid off too. Just just hold. I'm to say
1: fringe uh, to me he, for everything you just said. And I completely agree. And that's what I was going to bring up is the influence part is what to me where he deserves most of his credit. Where I I, I do lean towards him being a Hall of Famer on influence. So influence, I I give him a, a nod. In ring, I'm meh. Drawing, in ring no, I would say I'll go as far as to say no. Drawing, I think is murky. So here's to me, he's the classic. Uh, he's a fence sitter. That's basically where I put him. Yeah. Like I could, I could vote for him if I had a ballot. I could vote for him. I could not vote for him. To me, like he is the classic. Like you know, I totally get why you put him in. I totally get why you wouldn't put him in. Like he is right on the fence for me. Like, he is like the the Mendoza line of Hall of Famer, basically. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like if you're below CM Punk, really should not be in. But I think he is right there. So I could see either way. I guess I would lean no um, if I really put a gun to my head because I want to see him come back and do something at this point. But, I, I mean, I guess we're not supposed to consider this, but that, that buy rate he drew in UFC was incredible.
0: Yeah, no. So I clearly, mean, people
1: yeah. are people are still interested in this. And man. those are
0: wrestling fans buying that too. And that, thats always the arguments I made with uh, yeah. Brock Lesnar is, you, you know, it's it's obviously the wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, and these guys do these and other things. But it shows you when when they can move wrestling fans in in their direction. Does that count as wrestling draws? Yeah. And does that I count? It, I think it does, but because Punk know. is drawing wrestling fans. Those were, I mean, I me and my buddy watched you ordered that fucking pay. I don't watch UFC. I don't care about UFC. My buddy and I ordered. It was, there was no, like, he was like, we're coming, you're coming over Saturday and we're getting that UFC fight. I was like, all right, whatever. Like we, I know, and I know tens, dozens of people that did the same thing that were like, yeah, guys, I'm wrestling fans. You guys, I don't watch you UFC, know. but I'm of course going to watch the fucking UFC. You guys must have had a great time. I mean, I, I, I never watched Yeah. You guys must have had a great
1: time that night.
0: <laughs> yeah oh god and we were just like oh this is why we don't watch it you know like and i didn't think punk was gonna win full disclosure i kind of wanted to see him get his ass kicked because like i was kind of sick of arguing with people too they're like oh like you know he's been training a lot and i'm like oh no he's not a professional fighter. like, <laughs> like well, my running like fan friends were like oh i don't know and i'm like no these guys are like like real athletes like cm punk is not a real athlete like i love uh, cm punk he's great but he's just like a dude that went to like a, a ufc gym in like a mini mall like that doesn't that doesn't count like these guys are like the guy he's facing is like a you know a college wrestler, like a accomplished athlete, like that's a, that's a completely different animal. But no, that was, uh, but, but no, I, yeah, it's always weird. It's, I, I don't know necessarily. Dave's never really specified that either, and it, it's caused a lot of confusion. Like guys like Sakuraba or whatever have, have caused confusion because they were, yeah. you know, shooing, you know, Hall of Famers, and you know, there's the idea that you know in Japan MMA is a lot different than it is it, it is here, and there's you know kind of those blurred lines between what's real and what's fake and what's shoot and what's work and in Japan or whatever. But I think moving wrestling fans. To whatever you're doing and, and getting them to, to, to buy stuff still should count in some ways. And, and I guess for Punk, that, that is a feather in his cap. And, and for Brock, it was too. I mean, we, we, it was inarguable that, that it did help Brock Lesnar get a little bit more momentum uh, in the Hall of Fame.
1: So let's, so yeah, basically, I, I, I'd say let's wait and see what's CM Punk. Yeah, I think I'm with you too. If he comes back and does something else, that'd be cool, That'd be fine. If, if his career finally just is over completely without him coming back, maybe we can reopen the case and look at it. But I think he, he has a case. So people who are like, "Oh, CM Punk was actually the worst wrestler on the planet," like, okay, well, that's oh yeah, like... yeah.
0: The CM Punk was actually bad. People, uh, yeah,
1: I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about his Ring of Honor run, yeah, it, it was the, the in-ring was not very good, but he still had a great, great character work. His WWE run, I mean. Even if you go back and watch those latter matches of Jeff Hardy, they were really good. Oh,
0: like God, that one is awesome. Yeah, those are so good. And <laughs> his Undertaker WrestleMania matches incredible. Yeah. You realize what Undertaker was years after that when you see the corpse that that was. Yeah. You, you realize, oh my God, CM Punk was working with a corpse there and like had a really great because then you see him the next year against like Lesnar and it's like, oh, he's terrible. Undertaker's yeah, he like, been horrible since then and it's like, oh, okay, like that was actually a you know Punk got one more year out of the guy like. But but
1: yeah, so like let's. I, I mean, I don't think he was the greatest in ring wrestler in WWE either, but like he was, he was very good. Let's let's say that like he was, he had a he had a very good run. But but yeah, and then, and then he did. He sold a lot of merchandise. Like, okay, the CM Punk are actually bad people? You're out. You're out to lunch.
0: I'm sorry. No, you're wrong. I mean, the the, the WWE <laughs> stuff holds up, and it, it, it is great too. So yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so that's CM Punk. Uh, Curry Hanning. Uh He's thirty three percent last year. He yeah. will be dropped this year if he gets under fifty percent. God bless Kurt Henning. Not he's a hall true. of famer.
0: Nope. Yeah. We can move on to him. I got. I got no. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've done the Kurt Henning talk about Kurt Henning hall of fame case for a while. I mean, there, there's just nothing there. Great not wrestler. A whole, not Guy a hall. of famer. Guy that I fame love. Guy that I love watching, but not a hall of famer in any
1: in any category. Ball. Here's an interesting one. Edge. Um. I'm gonna read his. He's had. He's been up and down all around, but he's usually around 40%. Uh, he debuted in 2010 at 18%. He got to 46, 37, 37, 36, 44, and then last year dropped down to 40. Um. So, here, my thoughts on Edge. I almost think his baby, if his babyface run had never happened, if he had stayed a heel his entire WWE career, late WWE career after the Cena thing, I think he'd be almost a shoe in because he was awesome in that role as the top heel and foil for Cena. But that babyface run was just nothing. Yeah, like, that was years really, of really bad, nothing. Yeah. Like that Kane feud, that the Jericho feud, the just like we're talking years here. Towards the end of his career, just absolutely nothing. So I don't know. I don't know if he had enough... He doesn't have enough I think the problem with him is the longevity thing again. Hundred percent. Yeah. He's a
0: guy that, that was on the trajectory and I would have voted for him, you know. Cause now you think about this, we'd have another, you know, three or four years of him and and you do wonder that he would have went through some different ebbs and flows and how he would have interacted, you know, now that the working standard has gotten so much better. I feel like he's a guy who would have fit in with this this era. I mean, him against like guys like AJ Styles and stuff like that would be I I think he would fit in admirably if he if he was healthy. And that's the thing, is it like the longevity, he just his career cuts off at this one point and it's hard to really Make a case for him as a Hall of Famer because that cutoff point. It's just like and it, it and ended too. It's like
1: crap. Yeah, like it cuts it cuts off with that stupid Del Rio feud and like just oh not yeah. The spear, spear, spear stuff it's just like yeah. His baby face runs are just so cringeworthy. Yeah, he, he's so. not a guy that I I,
0: I I see arguments for him. I don't vote for him, and I don't think that he's going to get in. And it's 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 a matter of longevity, really. I mean, he had the trajectory. He has an arguable case, but it's just it ended too quickly for me. And, and and for a lot of people as well. And the voters kind of seen that way too, where there are a lot of people that put him in and there are a lot of people that are just, I'm sure the same way as me. It's like, ah, if he had, you know, five or six more years or, or whatever, we could have I, made yeah, a little bit like more. Like two, two
1: or three even. That's it was, possible. Like a, yeah. yeah. Like a top heel. Like I, he would have worked, but yeah, he's one of these guys that just, he never worked as a baby face and they just, they should have stopped trying. But um Junkyard Dog, uh 16% in 2014, 29, 32. I don't, I don't have a lot of strong thoughts on Junkyard Dog. Honestly, this is like, Before my time, and I didn't really, I don't really have anything to say about him. I don't know if
0: you do. Yeah, I've done a little bit of research on him, but he's a guy that never. I it, nothing really comes up, and there are people that are super passionate about Junkyard Dog, and, and it's an era thing as well. There are people that are you know a little bit older than you and I, and they're way big into Junkyard Dog. And it depends where you grew up to. If you're somebody that grew up in like you know the, the mid South region, like you're, he's a guy that like people argue to death for. He's just not a guy that really does much for me. And I've done a little bit of research, done a little digging. It doesn't jump off the page for me, and it's a guy that like I can fully admit that like, hey, I wasn't in the era when he was a big deal. The only thing I remember Junkyard Dog is like the you know bad junk-haired dog in, in WWF and and really horrible junk dog in wcw so to me it's it's it he he isn't for me i can see how he is for some people but that's been an issue for him is that it doesn't doesn't jump off the page and it doesn't help that dave spent a lot of years kind of bad mouthing him too so a lot of people that that got their information <laughs> news from dave junk dog. yeah like that's the unfortunately that's kind of the prevailing thought so people get mad at dave because he said that and it made but i don't know that junker dog would be a shoe-in no matter what so he's one that i again like i don't vote for because i'm just not that passionate about but um there are people that very much are passionate about him, but I, I think he's, uh, I, I don't think he's ever going to get in either. So,
1: uh, Kerry Von Eric last year had 13%. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's off. dropping off this year. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, I don't, I don't really see much of a case for him. Um, Randy Orton <laughs> debuted in 2015 with 15%, 2016 with 17%. Ladies and gentlemen, Randy Orton is not a fucking Hall of Famer. Okay. I, and I actually, I like him better than a lot of other people. Like, I think he's had. There's been years where he had some really good matches. I mean, that that Christian feud was really good. The Mark Henry feud was really good. Um, I don't know. Some of the Cena matches were pretty good. But like, just just because, like, if you put him in the Hall of Fame, you're you're saying WWE pushing somebody for like eleven years or something makes you a Hall of Famer? Because like, there's I don't know what other argument there is. He he's never been a big draw. He's never been consistently. Close to a Hall of Fame in-ring worker, and like, what is Randy Orton's influence on wrestling? Absolutely nothing.
0: No, it's it's, it's meaningless. And, and this is—I'll uh, read this line again from Dave: uh, "Just longevity, without either a long-term, main, or without be, either being a long-term main eventer, a top draw, or a top-caliber in-ring performer, should not be should be seen as relatively meaningless." And I think that's Randy Orton to a T. Like, been around for a while, or I guess not all the time, <laughs> but kind of. But that's it. I mean, that's all you could The only case you can make for Randy Orton is that WWE has pushed him for the last fifteen years. That's
1: yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, and, and, he, and even then, they 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 would go long periods without doing anything. Exactly.
0: Right? Yeah. And and so yeah, so, there's there's no case for Randy Orton. To me, yeah. he's he's laughable, and, and the fact that even seventeen percent of people have a form is is pretty crazy. I mean, I, I, think, I he'll be off the bat soon. I think. I, I think so too. Yeah. There's just there's just nothing there.
1: <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. This is an interesting one to me. Uh, he debuted in twenty ten with twenty two percent. Then 26, 24, 24, 22, 23. Consistent. Suddenly, last year, 37. So big jump there. Um, I don't know a lot about Sergeant Slaughter's pre WWF career. I know that he took a really incredibly offensive and stupid gimmick and actually somehow kind of made it work, which is impressive, I guess. (laughs) I mean, he was actually good in that terrible fucking role that, like, really – like, if he, if, okay, if he had been a complete failure in that role and the, those promos, those matches have sucked, no one would have blamed him because it was a fucking terrible role to ask anyone to do. But he was fucking great. Yeah. Like, like you, especially if you go back and watch it now, when, you know, I'm sure at the time people were just so pissed off they were even doing it, but it doesn't mean anything to us now. And if you go back and watch it now, it's like these promos are awesome. This match with Hogan is like one of Hogan's best WrestleMania matches. So, I mean, you know, he deserves a ton of credit for that. Um, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know enough about his pre-WWF stuff. Um, I I could see a case for him, though.
0: Yeah, I, I could listen to cases for him. He's a guy that I don't vote for because I just don't know that I'm very passionate about Sergeant Slaughter, but I've seen, you know, we have some people on our, our, our message boards. I remember last year talked about that in our forums uh, this year are saying like, well, he is one of those dudes that like you, you can talk about from, from a draw. I mean, he, there, there's, there's some stuff. I mean, obviously that WrestleMania seven was, was a bomb in, in multiple ways. <laughs> it should not have been his fucking fault. Yeah, exactly. Right.
1: Like, that's, like, so they fucking, they fucked up with that that idea.
0: Yeah, let's, let's put it in the yeah. L.A. Coliseum. I'm like, never yeah. mind. Maybe we're not yeah. going to sell 100,000 tickets to this. But, uh, yeah, and maybe especially once the war is over, we shouldn't still have him, like... Yeah, that was that was just a disaster in a lot of ways, but um, so that's not necessarily his fault. Uh, it, it, but you know, as you said, you know, sometimes these these things do play a factor. I think he, as you said, played the role as best as he could, and 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 did some good stuff in WWE for or, or, and and even old school WWF uh, for for a long, long, long time. WWF, and then uh, good run in NWA as well. Uh, did some good stuff there, but he's a guy that like. Again, it's maybe a generational gap. It's kind of the same thing with Junkyard Dog, where like, yeah, I can listen to all these arguments, but I just wasn't there in the moment. I, I, I and it's hard to really look at a lot of the facts and figures because a lot of what people say about Sergeant Slaughter is like, oh no, like he is, he was a big deal then or this time, and and he was, you know, this, and you know, if you talk to people in the '80s, he was a recognizable figure. But my thing, and, and a lot of people make the case, oh, he's one of these super recognizable WAF guys or you know, school wrestling guys. I do wonder though if you went up to some random person on the street and showed them a picture, if they would be able to say that's our. And slaughter. I think they would know the name some guy. Yeah, so that's what I wonder. I don't know if yeah. if he's on that level of like I mean, those transcendent guys.
1: I will say he's a he's a guy that like my dad knows, and my dad was not a wrestling fan, but like there's of like the few big wrestlers, I guess, from like the 80s, like he's a he's a guy my dad would know. Yeah, okay. So, that's, so, yeah, yeah, that that that's, me, so that's something. So I, I see an I see an argument for him. Um I don't know if I would vote for him, but I, I see the argument. I and I, I think. It'll be interesting what he does this year. Maybe if, if the upswing keeps going, because I feel like he's one of these guys that might actually, he'll be, like a name on this ballot, he might stand out more and more. You know, and like yeah, and there's not might... a lot.
0: I mean, if we're going to this modern U.S., I mean, there's not a lot of people. I mean, if if we're going over my ballot right now, I haven't voted for a single person yet in this yeah. this area. So I
1: think he'll get in. He might. He has a chance to get in just from that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. There's a there's a chance, and and I could be wavered on him too. He's a guy that I could definitely listen to arguments too. So it'll, it'll be fun to see how, how he progresses.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I my prediction from him this year is like he'll he'll get like 50 or something. Like it wouldn't surprise me, not like 45, 50. But we'll see. Um, Trish Stratus uh, debuting on the bout this year. I I don't have a lot of strong thoughts on Trish Stratus either way. Apparently Joe <laughs> Lanza does. So
0: yeah, that wasn't we... me Sweet. <laughs> that was tweeting those out. Joe yeah, is very passionate about I, Trish. I'll I
1: think that I, I sort of figured honestly. So, well, I assume you guys have talk about that in the flagship at some point. I'll um, I i I'll disagree with Joe and say I can see a case for her and that um, if you want to judge it from like a... Like, it's easy to forget this now, but women's wrestling pre-Trish was fucking dead in WWE. Like, right. completely fucking dead. It was nothing. Like, it was bra and panties matches and... Sable and Jacqueline having fucking, uh, whatever feuds for, and like Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon was women's champion for like a year without ever defending the belt. Like that belt meant nothing. So the fact that she took it from that level to even where it was by the time she retired, I mean, I don't, that's, she has an influence argument, in my opinion. I don't know if I would vote for her. I think. She's another one that I, I think she's worth that CM Punk borderline for me, but I don't think it's ridiculous. Um, I don't think she's a ridiculous case. I think she has a case.
0: No, I think she definitely has a case, too. I, I, I don't know if it's one that I would 100% make, but she does because I think one of the, the important parts about her in, in terms of influence and and really you could, you could judge in-ring. I guess it, it depends. Are you judging in-ring based off the merits of – Everybody in the Hall of Fame, or you're judging it off, you know, women in the Hall of Fame, or judging off, you know, women wrestlers. Because if that's the case, Trish Stratus, you know, in ring is is solid. There's a case to be made that that she is, you know, in that in that upper echelon in terms of women in ring wrestlers or whatever. So you know that you know in, in Especially- terms of American
1: yeah, yeah especially of, like pre last few years too right Standard.
0: yeah and people will say like and if it, you're comparing her to the you know joshi a uh, bass you know of course not no she's nowhere near you know the you know that that level but you know you, you think of her time and i think like you mentioned the influence is a huge thing with her and that's where if she's going to get in it's going to be based off that is that this she was hired to be as you said one of these models with you know <laughs> giant breaths that was brought in to just kind of smile and and look hot and little by little she decided hey i'm going to i'm going to start learning this game a little bit i'm going to learn how to wrestle and little by little turn into a great wrestler like a great woman's wrestler and and that's that right alone is, is and it broke a lot of ways it broke the mold for for what this company and and how they treated women i mean she is one of the first ones it, it, you know, obviously you had your Elundra blazes a little yeah. bit earlier than that, but it really was in the muck of like, we don't, women are only objects in this for, you know, men to, you know, fight over and then just strip down to their bras and panties because what else, what other good are, are they? They're, they don't do anything else. for it. And Trish was, you know, she came in like that and she had to sort of fight that for a lot of years. But by the end of her career, she was just a fucking great wrestler. And that's all that she was known for. She wasn't known for being hot or having big boobs yeah. or being, you know, a Ron Payne she, wrestler. She am I, was just a am I wrestler.
1: wrong? Am I wrong on this, or didn't she actually get a breast reduction?
0: To, like, um I don't know if she did in her WWE career, but I know she has recently. But I maybe, I thought you might I, be right. Because there was a time period where she came back and it was definitely uh because I remember, I, just, I thought I read something during that period
1: that she they were just getting in the fucking way of her having these matches that she wanted to have, and she just cause that to me would just be like if if that story is true, which I don't know for sure if it is, just something I just thought of. But like that would be like such a great metaphor for her when she comes in to be the TNA. I mean, right. literally, literally, team TNA. TNA yeah. And decides, you know, I want to be a fucking wrestler and I'm going to get my boobs reduced because so they're getting in the way of me having these matches
0: yeah and, and that actually yeah that that's that's another great it just yeah it just shows you the difference of of the model that's there to be hot and then the difference of of, of how that sort of transformed a little bit and people i guess could come up with other arguments like in the 80s when women's wrestling but this was she was really the first sustained in a lot of ways women woman there they really got behind and really promoted as a big deal and you know that main event of raw with her lead is a big deal they they that was the freaking main event of raw I and mean, that that, <laughs> that seems kind of light and it seems kind of dumb but like Considering where they came from years prior, like that's a huge deal that, that, that huge she would be a main event. And it, the main event wasn't one of these women is gonna maybe get naked, like it was these women <laughs> are gonna have a match. Like, and that's a <laughs> good deal. Like, we laugh about it, but people forget that that's what, yeah, for, for many years, for almost yeah. a decade was like, hey, they're hot, like there you go. Like, so I, I think there is an influence argument to be made for her. So when, so,
1: so, when Joe gets on there and starts fucking saying she has no argument, you gotta push back, Rich.
0: I will because I, no, I, I do think there's influence there. I don't know that I would necessarily 100% vote for her right now, but um, she's one that I'm definitely going to think about. She's on my short list. I put a little check mark to her yeah, because I mean, she's, she's, that influence I mean, I, is on. Uns- yeah. uh, it's it's unavoidable. It's it's there. I put her like to me, like
1: I, I totally get not. I'm not saying the problem is not voting for her because like to me, I put her right with CM Punk is like someone I'm on the I'm on the fence about. But like just saying she has no case at all, she has a case. I'm yeah, sorry. no, I'm on with you there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's Trish. Um. Up next, Tully Blanchard and Arne Anderson with J.J. Dillon. How do you feel about this one?
0: Yeah, I, I hate when he puts tag teams on there. Just, <laughs> it just always annoys me. Like, we'll talk about one in the J- Japan region where I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'd vote for – I'd maybe vote for each of these guys individually, but I'm not going to vote for them as a tag team. This one's a little – I don't know. I'm just weirded out by the, the fact that it's a tag team with a manager. It, it, it seems just – I don't know. I I – I just feel weird and icky voting like, and and I don't know that I necessarily like. This, they're obviously like a, a well-known team, and obviously a, a, a trans in in some ways, I guess you could say a transcendent team. But I guess I don't know. Are they a transcendent team? I, I, they're weird. I don't know. I I would not vote for them right now, and I just don't like the the classification of them together. Um, I don't know. It's a really weird team for me. I'm, I'm not quite sure where I'm at. With I them.
1: don't I don't have any feelings on this at all. So let just move on. Uh, the last candidate for America, Ultimate Warrior, debuted with twenty percent in 2014. Thirteen percent in 2015 and 19 percent last year. Everything we said for Goldberg basically true here. He is, I mean, except he was even worse in the ring. Um, you know, he's had what like two good matches.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean,
1: like both of Russell yeah. Mandy, I, I can't think of any. I mean, he was a big deal for like a year or two, and when he got the title, he wasn't even that big. Of, I mean, what, no, what was yeah, he? Was the-
0: not a business business <laughs> influencer at any we're,
1: level. We're but, shooting fish in a bar here. This is he's not. He, he should not be in the Hall of Fame. No. Period
0: he's helping cure cancer right now though so that's pretty cool or he's bringing awareness to cancer so you know let's forget um, all the horrible horrible things he said forever because
1: he's... yeah is there anybody in the american so are you going to vote for a single person rich page i don't
0: know i mean that, that's <laughs> it's a that's weird a terrible, year for me yeah it's
1: terrible why not? i mean i honestly if i had a ballot i mean this might be the year to give your friend sitters i might vote for cm punk trish stratus and maybe sergeant slaughter and that would really be it, and those those are the only three I'd even consider. I think.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tough year because yeah, I mean, maybe uh, I'm thinking of guys that I have sort of a check mark next to, to look into or, or do a little bit. Is AJ Styles obviously, uh, CM Punk, uh, Slaughter, and and Trish would be the only ones that I'd really kind of think about on any big level. And I, I'm it's not like either one of them are like, yeah, dude, no doubt, definitely they're going in. So uh, it's yeah, it's gonna be weird in the modern U.S. <laughs> Canada, but uh, I, I, we're gonna talk about the next uh, category, which I think I do have a nice little backlog in, and I think I'm gonna do using a lot of my votes in, in this uh category.
1: Yeah. But so th- so that's the US. So moving on to Japan, uh we start with Akira Taue. Um he had 16% in 2014, 26% in 2015, 28% last year. Um so Taue gets a lot of shit um for being of the four pillars, the least interesting or important one. And that's true. I mean, we don't have to... Sometimes you don't have to be a contrarian. Sometimes the common take is true. I mean, just, Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's just not just
0: bad that. to be the fourth best out of like, the three of the best wrestlers ever. Like, it's, it's, yeah. you know.
1: I mean, just like people looking for, like, oh, Tower was actually the, the real secret best one of the four. It's like, oh, you're trying too hard. Like, come
0: yeah, on. Like, it. you <laughs> want to tell me
1: you think Kawada was the best of the four? Like, sure. Let's, you can, that, there's a legitimate argument. Tower, buddy, yeah. calm yourself <laughs> down um but yeah I, I don't think he's a hall of Famer, but i can see the case i get. i mean he was he was really important to japanese wrestling but he was the least important of four really important people um and i don't i don't know if the work weight thing is there and I clearly the drawing isn't there so yeah, i think that, i think he's that's like, i about. would i would lean no
0: yeah that's what i'm about with Taui as well i only know he's got a good case i think a good kind of on the fence case, but nothing that really blows you away, or nothing that says, Okay, you absolutely have to vote for him. Like, no, like, nobody can come to me with anything and say, Well, this is why you have to vote for him. Because it's like, Yeah, you, the only case, like you said, is that, Oh, well, those other guys, he was the best of those four. It's like, oh, Okay, like. I think you're wrong. And I think most people would agree that you're wrong, but okay, that's fine. But if that's your case, I don't know that that's necessarily that much of a case. And most, you know, rational people will say he, you know, those three dudes are, are, are the, the shit. And like, you know, he got overshadowed by those guys constantly, uh, you know, in the matches or whatever. And obviously he brought a different style to it and did a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy who had a great run and a great career and, and you know, Hall of Very Good type guy, where it's like, yeah, no, he's very good and, and deserves recognition, but you know, for a Hall of Fame, like a, a, an elite class of Hall of Famers, no, nah, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't put him in.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he he's you know he's one fourth of some of the greatest matches in professional wrestling history, and he deserves credit for that. But he's he's still like the, the all these other guys. If if Kobashi and Masawa and Kawada only had those tag matches, basically, I think there'd be less of a case for them. You right, know, but then they, they I mean, also, of course, added
0: that in with like incredible singles matches yeah. for like, decades. And <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's,
1: I mean, like, it's just, you know, obviously, those three are slam dunk Hall of Famers, and Tally is not. Um, Shima, he debuted in 2015 at 23%, last year rose all the way up to 40%. I Michael Spears bangs this drum, you know, a lot that Shima is a slam dunk Hall of Famer, and I pretty much have to agree with him. I don't really see what the argument against Shima is. Um, if you break it down, like, he he was the biggest draw for a promotion that was built from literally nothing, okay? Like, when Torium Japan started, it was nothing except Ultimate Dragon's name, and, dra- and Ultimate Dragon was a little bit of a draw, that's fine, you know, he's for a junior, but it was nothing but Ultimate Dragon's name and this wacky concept. And I think if you don't have Shima there, and you don't have Madame Tokyo there, and you don't have Misaki Mochizuki there, who, by the way, I would also vote for in a Hall of Fame, but it's He's not even on the ballot, obviously, but if you don't have those three there, there like there is no Dragon Gate today. Like those are the three guys who are responsible for putting this company on the map out of nowhere, out of nothing. Like it isn't like they came and turned something around that already had a fan base. They made a fan base appear out of nowhere, and you can and for the size of their fan base, the fact that they've survived all this time, I mean, there's there's the only other success story even comparable in the past 17 years of Japanese wrestling is DDT. And DDT, you know, for all of their successes, they've never drawn crowds as big as Dragon Gate has drawn. You know, they've never drawn 9,000 or eight, well, I guess like 7,000 fans to Kobe World Hall. So Shima to me, you know, of those three, he's the strongest candidate. He has the most, most longevity on top. He's basically been on top or near there for a lot of the Toriyama slash Dragon Gate run, more than Mochizuki even, and definitely more than Magnum, who obviously burned out. His in-ring is extremely good. Um, you know, he had a lot of really, really, really good matches. And his influence is huge, because again, he took the promotion out of nothing and established them to the point where that right. you can make a legitimate argument that Japan's number two. So yeah, Shima should be in the Hall of Fame.
0: I mean, I think he's a so. guy he's a guy I voted for last year and, and i'll continue to vote for because uh everything that you said and even a little more too you want to add to the influence argument it is you know guys that he's grabbed from from america as well like that that has that was the pipeline for many years like guys like a ricochet guys like a U'an nation you know, obviously apollo cruz guys like neville uh Pac, you know i mean the, the list goes on and on and on and on. i mean guys like a gargano once dragging at usa sort of opened up i mean there's a, a, a litany of guys that that Either he, you know, either handpicked or guys that he sort of worked with or guys that he found, and and you talk to those guys and they'll talk. at today's about how Shima helped them. I, oh, Shima, Shima, you know, he's the guy that definitely helped me, you know, figure this out or help me do this or or that. I mean, that's another influence there. We seen a lot of, of of his stylings, a lot of the workers that that he's got fingerprints on, doing big things in America, doing big things across the world, and and so yeah, I think he from that everything that you mentioned as well in terms of you know. Being a big deal on the second biggest promotion in Japan, and I think people don't give Dragon Gate enough credit. I, I know you know, and I know you know a lot of people listen to this that that, that follow you know that you that, that are aware of you know Dragon Gate and, and what it is and, and how big of a deal it is. But yeah, I mean, it's the second promotion in Japan, but there's something to be said for like being consistently the second biggest promotion in Japan for for years now, and 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 growing like you said from literally nothing in an era where Japan was a little bloated in terms of you know you still had All Japan that was still kind of kicking at the time when, when, when Dragon Gate and Tori started up and Noah was obviously a big deal. And, 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 Dragon Gate was able to sort of navigate those waters and, and, and get through it all and, and emerge as the second and has been consistently the second for years and years and years. And like, I think the issue that, that people bring up with, with Dragon Gate is like, oh, well, you know, point me to this or what's this big moment or what's that. And I think that the, there isn't one big thing. Dragon Gate is just consistency. And that's what Shima it, it, it has in spades. It's like that dude for, for, the past 15 years has been having four-star matches left and right. You you don't remember all of them because they're almost consistently always good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's gotten such a long list of, like, really solid matches that it's hard to say, oh, well, here's his really, you know, this is the best of the best of Shima matches or whatever. It's like, no, you kind of have to watch, like, 10 years of this guy to really understand what's great about him and and really for Dragon Gate no I can't point to one specific show that was like oh look at how much great business they did but it's like dude look what they did in the last decade they've been consistently <laughs> a well drawing you know well produced well attended you know people follow their company buy merchandise go to the shows they just kind of live in their own little bubble they don't really fight to be number one they don't fight against other promotions they don't really necessarily work with a ton of other promotions either they're in their own little world but their own little world is a big deal and it's it, it deserves recognition and i think shima is a no doubt hall of famer for for those reasons that we just mentioned i mean he there, there's something to be said for for being the the head of the, the class or being the, leading the charge for that company to be number two for the longest time yeah they're not number one they're not gonna be the best of the best but that's 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 nothing to scoff at to be consistently number 2 and, and run consistent business while also having great matches and the influence like you said is 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 it's in spades so no shima's a definite for me
1: yeah i mean if you look at like you could argue you know ddt is hotter in tokyo or you know blah 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 but like there's really no one other than new japan that can draw crowds even in, like above a thousand people consistently like outside of tokyo like, they're the only ones that can do that and have been able to do that for, like, a decade plus. So, you know, Japan's, it's a, weird, it's a very, like, if you don't know how Japanese geography works, like, so much of the population is, you know, like, half the population of the entire country is just Tokyo and the Tokyo metro area. So it's not that hard to draw, you know, 1,000 or even 2,000, 3,000 people in Tokyo. There's a lot of people in Tokyo. It's a lot harder to do it in Hokkaido or even Osaka or you know some of the other places they've been able to draw like uh, you know Kyushu or something like all these far flung places where you just you have way less people to draw from. So you know what they've been able to do is just very impressive. So yeah, Shima Shima slammed on Call of Famer. I think he's the second biggest candidate on this list, and we'll go get to the guy I always pound the drum for in a second um Hayabusa last year got 49 um were you surprised he debuted at that high I was pretty surprised
0: um I was surprised a little bit but you always have I mean it, it kind of I feel like an asshole, but it's, it's, you know, when a guy dies, they tend to, you know, do a little bit better. (laughs) They turn to, you know, people tend to, and it's good and bad. Like people go back and they watch a lot of their stuff and they realize, oh, you know, this guy was a pretty big deal. Or, oh, this guy really did like his stuff. Or, you know, go back and I do watch some of the stuff. So I think that definitely played a factor in it because, you know, obviously he dies uh, in March, gets on the ballot, and then, you know, he he debuts at at 49, which is pretty high. Uh, is a very interesting case for me. He's a guy that I'm not ready to vote for quite yet because I don't know that I've seen necessarily enough, but, but he's a guy who always, you know, there's a lot of influence there. There's a lot of kind of underground, uh, influence that if you really dug in and, and really did some, you know, discovering, you might be able to find that he's a bigger deal to a lot of people than, than you think. So he's a guy that I don't know, like right now, you know, last year I did not vote for him, uh, but he's a guy who in a few years I could see voting for after I get a little bit more time to kind of look at his case or, or if people do make cases uh, for him as well. He's just a guy. I'm not a hundred percent there yet. I just don't think he's a slam dunk quite yet, but he's a guy who oh, I, I think is going to hang around the ballot for a little while. And, and I think uh, in a few years could be a guy that, that, that gets a little bit of momentum and people start, really looking and really digging and, and, and really saying, hey, look, this guy was a big deal, and, and, and here's what he was. But, yeah, I don't know. It'll be curious to see how he, how he – 17 this year uh, because you have, obviously, the death bump, which is the thing. If you look at the Observer voting, you know, when a guy dies, they tend to get a little bit of a jump. I wonder if Hayabusa can sustain that momentum or if he kind of falls off after this where people go on to other people or just kind of forget about him. But that's going to be the really interesting thing. If he, you know, falls off, that'll be – uh it'll be it'll be it, it, it won't be right i think he deserves to kind of be around that 4950% but uh yeah he's he's a guy that's 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 a little strange for me right now i don't quite know what to do with him
1: so i i lean yes on him because for influence um i don't draw clearly he doesn't have any he doesn't have any really any drawing history in ring i think he he's borderline maybe even leaning no but he just had so much influence over so many of the japanese juniors and the guys who came after him like when you look at like when he was um, you know, when he first was able to walk again and came out and did that, that in rig ceremony, just all the people that were there from everywhere, like promotions, you have no idea have anything to do with him. just like, you know, Shima loves him. DDT loves him. Yeah. No, obviously he started FMW and like, just everybody, like he just, he was so influential on that Japanese indies that rise of the, the indies and you know, there's certain kind of, like, scummy indie and a certain kind of, like, scummy junior indie. And then also just on juniors in general. So I think he was very influential. And I, I put him right on the fence with, like, Punk and Trish. And I, yeah. could, I could vote for him. That's what I would say, that's what I would say about him. Um, next up, Junakiyama. Um, debuted in 2014 at 29%, 2015-33. And last year made a big jump to 45%. right. So this is the one I bang the drum on every single year. And I'm going to make my case for why I think Akiyama is the biggest uh, slam dunk Hall of Famer on this entire list. People, people like, when I, whenever I read arguments against Junakyama, okay, the argument I, that people make over and over again that really pisses me the fuck off is that, oh, he didn't draw enough. He wasn't big enough draw. It's like, you're missing the point of what Juno well, first of all, you're missing what Junakyama actually was. And second of all, you're—it's like complaining that a, like Jun was the top heel of Noah. Okay, he wasn't a mustache twirling heel because that's not what Noah was. He was just a guy who went up against Kobashi and Masawa and all these other beloved favorites. But that was his role. He was the antagonist in Noah. You know, his role was not to be the ace. It was not to be the, the top babyface. It was not to have a long title run. It was not to be this humongous draw. His role was to be the foil for Misawa and Kobashi, and he played his role to absolute perfection for years. For like two, from the moment Noah launched until like two thousand five or, or something, like the entire peak of Noah, he was the top heel. So if that's not worth anything to you, the only other promotion that you know um, that has a- ever been able to draw a dome crowd. Pretty much just New Japan, all Japan, during their hottest period, um, the women at one point, and, and Noah. That's it for promotions on their own, drawing an enormous stone crowd. They drew like 45,000, Kobashi and Akiyama in a period where New Japan was drawing like 20. So that's, to me, like, that should be a way bigger deal than it is. Like, if anyone making a draw argument... Like Junakyama drew an enormous house at the peak of his run. He has he has like maybe not the longevity as a draw, but he, he like his peak as a draw is above most of the guys on this list and some of the people in the actual hall of fame. So so, so the draw thing to me, you're actually lunch up. Like Junakyama, he has, he drew an enormous house to Kobashi. He drew fine as champion, and he his role was not to be top A face or ace or top draw, and he was he succeeded in his role better than anybody else, honestly. So that's you knock that's the drawing part. In ring, in ring, to me, he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer. I can see our, if people don't like him as much, that's fine. But like from day one, he was fantastic. The moment he teamed with Misawa, you know, all those tag matches with Misawa. like literally was, his first match, <laughs> he was his, already his great. First, like... His first match, he was already amazing. <laughs> yeah. So those tag matches with Misawa, those tag matches with Kobashi, his early Noah run as champion. Um, that match for Kobashi that's still one of my all-time favorite matches. Like, to me, if you're if you're in one of the best matches, and what my opinion is, one of the best matches of all time, that Kobashi-Akiyama-Tokyo-Dome match, that's a pretty strong argument for in-ring. Like I, I don't know. But maybe people aren't as high on that match as I am. But, like, that is a fantastic fucking match that still holds up today. I, I went back and watched it a couple months ago, and it was still, like, an amazing fucking match. Um... And then after that, he had plenty of great matches too. Even even in some of Noah's darker days, he would be a highlight. And then on top of all of that, he saved all Japan. Yeah. Like, if you talk about influence, uh, the man saved this historic company. He went back and booked them from nothing to <clears throat> probably Japan's number three company right now. You don't know, how, well, number number three, number four, depending on how you feel about DDT. I guess number four. But like, from from dead, basically to where they can actually draw crowds again. So, I don't know. Do you not Gamma, he's a Hall of Famer, bottom line for me.
0: I voted for him last year. No, I'm, I'm exactly the same as you. Everything that you said, you, you said it perfectly. And and I was going to say, like, you were bringing up the Noah stuff, and I was like, well, in all Japan, it was great. To, I mean, like, he, he ticks all the boxes, really, in terms of influence. Um in terms of in-ring and, yeah, like you said, the draw necessarily, like, he's not meant to do that. But even when he was me- – whatever he his role was, he, he excelled in it and drew a great house for no one to- and stuff. Yeah, he, he's a slam dunk for me. Even if it was just in-ring, he'd be a slam dunk for me. Uh, you had any influence. I mean, he, it's a no-doubter for me. The fact that he's only at 45 is is pretty crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah he, there, there's he, almost he, an argument that
1: I have against <laughs> you when so, He needs to be in. When yeah. I, I, I said the draw then because I see that one on Twitter from time to time where people are like, oh, he was a failure as a draw. Like, when the fuck was he a failure as a draw? Yeah. Like, his title... And, like, oh, they took the title off on Ogawa. The Ogawa reign was Ogawa's gold watch. Like, that's not a failure of Junagama. It was, like, Misawa warding his fucking buddy. That's nothing to do with Akiyama being a failure. If Junagama was such a failure as a fucking draw, do you think they would have built him up for a year to face Kete Kobashi in the Tokyo Dome? <laughs> like what do you like I just there's no argument. I, yeah,
0: and, I mean, you, and even if you want to make a dumb <laughs> argument like that, still I'm gonna tell you there's a reason is so great that he deserves to get in so like even if you want to go like, oh, no, no, draw, no, draw, I'll be like yeah whatever I think his ring is great he's going in so, like he, he's an all-timer in ring I mean just uh, in numerous different roles too like you said literally from the mummy steps in the ring he's great and fits that role perfectly as kind of the underdog moves into kind of an asshole role and now as good as sort of the the kg veteran role like he can do it all he can do singles matches he can do tag matches I mean it's just yeah there's there's no doubt about Junakiyama as, as a hall of famer for me
1: he's my from like worker he's my favorite like subtle heel Japanese worker I think of all
0: time yeah, like he just looks, looks like, like a dick, like, like, he doesn't have to do a lot, you're just like, that guy's an asshole. <laughs> like he I mean, that, you know.
1: That early stuff where like he's just like breaking Kobashi's uh, you know, what the what was his was his arm or was his, like I can't remember now. I think it was like cause he remember when he's putting people in that guillotine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like, right. like he and he just like choked them out and stuff like he, he He wasn't doing anything like he wasn't cheating and he wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong, but you just hated him.
0: And he was just I don't know he was just so fucking good. It just like he was getting like too aggressive at times. It's like yeah, yeah. you can do it without like rearing back on there or whatever. It's <laughs> like you can do it you can you can win a match without having to like really hurt me, but he was a guy that was and it was, like, that big chin that he had, too, and he just looked like a guy that was just going to fuck you up. And, and like, again, the, the fact that he evolved from, like, the scrappy young underdog and was able to play that role to perfection and then move on to kind of the asshole role, and then, you know, now he's sort of the, you know, the ambassador of all Japan. I mean, it's like, yeah, there, there's no doubt about him. So he, he's definitely in for me.
1: Yeah. So Junakama, fucking vote for him, Observer Voters. <laughs> uh, Kiyoshi Tamura. Um, I don't have a lot to say about Kiyoshi Tamura's Shoot style. You know, I I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about it. So like, I I can't really I liked battle arts, but that's not, Tamura's rings. So yeah, it's a style Um. that
0: I never am going to like. And, and like trying to make, I, it's, I feel bad. I, I, I just literally could not, I don't know. I mean, you're never going to convince me one way or another, just because it's a, a style that I'm not passionate about. So to me, like, I, I it, you know, it's weird. One of those weird things where, like, to me, it's it's such a different style from from what other Japanese wrestling is that I I, I have a tough time with it. It's almost it's almost like asking me to vote for Mexico. It's like I don't I don't know anything about the Mexico. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I feel too. Like I'm not I, passionate about it. Like I, I don't know. Like I don't know anything in the history of of shoot promotions. Like I, you know, the, what's work? What's I, I don't know. I, I just with those guys, I just can't do it. So yeah, I, I unfortunately have to. uh you know, like, when I watch it, I usually like it. So I'm, no, not yeah, like tomorrow is great. Too. Every time I yeah. watch it, I'm like tomorrow is the shit. Like this is awesome. And then I'm just like, eh, I don't really want to watch this again. And then I, I never watch it again. Like I watch it just around the season to be like, hey, is tomorrow good? Tomorrow is good. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, it, it doesn't trigger with me that much. So I
1: don't want, I don't want the shoot style people to get mad at me. But like, um, I just so, so but but I'm you know I'm into I, I like it when I watch it. I just never remember to watch it. And it's not, there's not a lot of it going on either right now. Right, so. right. Um, Kota Ibushi, his first year on the ballot. What the fuck is he doing on this ballot?
0: Yeah, this is the <laughs> thing we're like, we're gonna talk about guy here in a little bit. This is this is why I don't vote for these type of guys because it's like I want to let these dudes run their careers out. Like, Kota Bushi, I, I, I suppose at this point you could say, Oh, yeah, well, here's his career, vote on it. And it's like, but but he's still like active and like he still has many years. Like, I want to see what else he can do, I want to see the complete picture. Picture of Kodobushi before I vote for him. And This guy is is far from a complete picture, and and the guy we're gonna talk about here in a little bit is is so far away from a complete picture. I mean, he hasn't even gotten to his big point. And and Abushi, I feel like I, it's just I'm not ready to do that quite yet. I mean, there's just no reason for me to vote for him right now. There's a lot of good stuff, and he has a a, a, a potential case. But like, I, I in my brain, I can't th- I can't even fathom like thinking about Kodobushi as a Hall of Famer right now because it's like no, he's like still like very active and like still has many years ahead of him. Like well, no, if, I, I, I don't want to do it. it.
1: It's interesting you said it to me because, to me, he isn't very active because he's only wrestling, like, you know, he's wrestling one of the lightest schedules of anyone in wrestling. So l- l- let's say this is it for him. Let's say he's a okay. part-timer the rest of his career. Um, does that affect how you vote?
0: Uh, yeah, if, if that is, if, like, this is what he is just going to be forever. Um, I mean, I guess it, it really depends what, what Wrestle Kingdom, two. Like, I almost wonder – I almost wish, like – gonna it's about two guys, and I wish they would be next year because I think they're both going to play big parts in this year's Wrestle Kingdom. I'd be really interested to see how that does and how how that sort of works. So I think that will help both of these guys' cases. But right now, yeah, Bushi, like, let's say right now, you know, let's say he doesn't do anything big at the Wrestle Kingdom, like him and Omega's doesn't happen, and just Kota Bushi's just in like a random tag match or whatever. And this is just kind of the new norm. What we saw this year is just kind of the new norm. No, I, I don't think I'd vote for Kota Bushi quite yet. I think he's got a case as a, a pretty de- you know pretty decent draw in Japan, but not, An maybe not enormous
1: answer. draw in Tokyo. Yeah, enormous. yes.
0: So, no I wonder, I, I do wonder if that's enough for it to be like that's his case, but he's a guy that might have a case in a lot of different ways. Influence, I don't know that necessarily he'd have influence, but in ring, I'm a huge Kotobushi fan. I mean, a lot yeah, of his stuff too. going back, you know, a decade, I've loved almost everything that I've seen of him. So, from my personal standpoint, Kotobushi is probably a guy I would vote for. If you said, hey, Rich, this is it for him. This is done. It's over. But I said at the beginning of the show, I'm weird about guys that are still active. Like, I, I want to let them kind of play out the rest of their careers before I vote for them. I don't know why I am that way. I just I just kind of am. And he just seems weird right now to vote for. It. But if, like, tomorrow he just had and, – and, and this is very likely. That tomorrow he would just tweet out, I'm done. Forget it. I'm done.
1: Yeah, my dad's a rich doctor. Goodbye.
0: Right, I'm going to go farm now or something. And then, like, it's just pictures of him farming shirtless for, like, the next 20 years or whatever. Like, which is very possible that Kodabushi would do that. Like, if he just did that, you know, yeah, I probably would put him in. But right now, I'm kind of weary about it because I do want to see how he does a little bit more. Talk to me next year, though. Like, next year... If Russell Kingdom, if he is a big deal at Russell Kingdom, if him and Omega just tear the house down, have a great story, all this sort of stuff, he would probably, you know, go over that hump a little bit for me, and that will be kind of one of his defining moments. But I feel like he's just lacking one of those big time moments right now to kind of to kind of round out his resume in a lot of ways. But I, I don't know. I think he's a guy that yeah, I, I, I could see myself voting for for sure. I just don't know this year. I just don't feel comfortable about doing it this year.
1: I'm gonna disagree for the first time. I think on this entire podcast. If I had a bow this year, I would vote for him. I think he's already done. I think he's already been a big enough draw. He's already been a good enough like to me. He's such an all-rounder. Like he's a great draw, great in ring. He's a way bigger influence than people realize too. Because you know that Poojoshi thing that people talk about, where all these women started coming to shows to cheer on these idol wrestlers. You know, like he was in the ground. He was on the ground floor of that in DDT. Like he, he has this enormous female fan base. And he's one of the, I think one of the first people that helped wrestling realize that, you know, one of our ways back to popularity in Japan is appealing to these women who just don't have a lot of options to see, like, there there are not a lot of options for Japanese women to see like shirtless hot dudes in Japanese culture. There's a lot of options for Japanese men to see shirtless hot women in Japanese culture, which is, which hurts Joshi pro wrestling but the opposite is not true. So when you go to these wrestling shows and you see these women who just love these wrestlers, and I I don't want to sound like, you know, obviously plenty of them just love, you know, first of all, it's very possible to love seeing shirtless dudes and love professional wrestling. And like for wrestling, I'm I'm very guilty of it. I love both. So it's very possible for women to also love both. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that, but, but if even if the ones that are just there to see shirtless dude, there's nothing wrong with that either. And I think Ibushi was in on the ground floor of that, so his influence is actually bigger than I think a lot of people realize. So, yeah, I I think he's close to a slam dunk already.
0: But you've you, you helped me. He's. <laughs> He's he's a checkmark guy. Like I said, I kind of like you're pretty early in the process right now as we're doing this, but he's a guy that there's a checkmark around him. So I, I could I could be convinced, or or again paid off. I could absolutely be. Paid <laughs> for, I, uh, I yeah,
1: I would vote for him. Um, Mike and Ben Sharp. I don't know anything about them, so.
0: Well, they're actually because um, they're they're the ones I was kind of alluding to a little bit earlier. I, I I don't know if like what we know as modern Japanese wrestling really exists without those guys. Like they're they're yeah. two you know early guys that go in there and really set the stage for for that you, you know style of wrestling where the, you know the evil foreigner come in you know comes into yeah. Japan or whatever and gets vanquished. I just don't know enough about them to really do anything. Uh, I guess
1: they should probably be in then, right? I mean, influ- from influence alone.
0: Yeah, and like, again, like, I, I don't know, because I've heard some arguments that, that put all that influence on them, and then I've heard others that are like, no, there was this guy before them, and they just, so that's the big thing with them, is it, like, like depends if you want to give them, you know, that entire, you know, the, the, the entire credit for that, but, I mean, they're, they're early 50s when they're going into Japan and, and stuff, and, you know, they were, I think, San Francisco guys that, that then, you know, found the, the pipeline to Japan through uh, Ricky Dozan. Uh, if yeah. I remember correctly. So, I mean, they're early. They're early Gaijin. So, I guess if, if you want to give them credit for a lot of what's kind of going on with Gaijin since then, then okay, I guess I could see a case for them for sure. Uh, it just depends if you believe that uh, to be true. Like, to me, I don't know enough, and I, I guess I haven't seen a definitive, yes, they are credited for, you know, the history, you know, setting the standards for that. Because because if that is the case, like you're saying, they should be in. But other than that, I don't know anything else about the yeah. ring and, and their drawing power and all that sort of stuff. So
1: If you look at their voting history, I think they're going to get in.
0: It's like 45, yeah, right.
1: 45, 39, 46, 54, 50. I think they're probably going to get it one of these years. So. um, Minoru, Minoru Suzuki, uh, started it with 22% in 2014, 36 in 2015, 37 in 2016. I don't like that trend because i honestly, Minoru Suzuki is not a hall of famer. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, in ring, I could see an argument, but to me, he, he's just below hall of fame level to me. um, he's very, very good. Had some incredible matches. Um, these last years have been really like this last year, especially been really terrible. And that's probably going to hurt his case. It's not,
0: it's not helped at all. (laughs) It's definitely not helped. Yeah. Um,
1: drawing. I mean, I don't, he, he drew okay for like, you know, like he certainly drew better as triple crown champion than some of the people all Japan tried out there after him. Um, I, he was, but like, has he ever set the world on fire as a draw? No. Um, you know the suzuki gun run in noah obviously is not going to help him because even though they dropped even further after he left and after his unit left um you know that didn't that didn't exactly revitalize noah um and then influence i i could see an argument for influence but even there you know they that that's a little lower blown because there's been shooters in new japan before and there would have been shooters in new japan after so i don't know I don't. I don't yeah. really see much. I don't really see a strong argument. Yet.
0: No, I'm with you. His, his best case is that he makes like funny gifs that people like to retweet. Like, <laughs> like to be honest. Like, and there's a lot of grit stuff. I mean, I, I'm obviously joking a little bit. I mean, Nor Suzuki is, it has credentials, but not enough to be a, a hall of famer in, in my of,
1: mind. Hold of very good again, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, he's a guy with we where, like, yeah, I think you should appreciate what they've done and you should appreciate their careers and, and think they're good. But if it's a Hall of Fame and it's, like, the top tier of wrestling, I, I don't think Minoru Suzuki's there. And, and I don't think I don't think it's a great injustice if he never gets in. Like, I, I think the Wrestling Hall of Fame is, is okay with him not being in it.
1: Uh, Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan. Why is star- it, why are they a team? <laughs> 17, 12, 16. I don't think they're going to get in. I don't like the idea of putting tied teams in either. And I agree with you that I would – I could see a case for Tenzan, um, maybe Kojima too, but Tenzan had, would have a slightly stronger case. The problem is he almost has like Japanese Randy Orton syndrome where like yeah. he he was pushed for a long time, but he never, he didn't necessarily, um, you know, draw particularly well during that period. And um, like his in-ring, I don't know if that uh, quite at a Hall of Fame level either, even though he, he did have some really good matches. Um, you know, he also had a lot of clunkers too. So, yeah, I don't think they... they probably just shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Again, Hall of very good.
0: Yeah, it's... Again, like, my argument, I don't know that I would necessarily vote for either Tenzan or Kojima, but I feel like I can make better arguments for them individually than I could as a tag team. Like, there's just nothing there as, as Tenkoji. I mean, they're a fun team. Like, I enjoy them. They're great. Like, but... Would you ever consider Tenkoji a Hall of Fame team? Like, I, I mean, no, not really. And and, and like, yeah, you, you,
1: 10 is more of a Hall of Fame team. Yeah,
0: like, and that's what I mean. Like, and and you can make a case again for for Tenzan because he's had you know different runs. And 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 if you if you want to put the totality of Tenzon's career and, and go, okay, well, look, he was you know a big deal, and when he first came in, and then he sort of moved on to the, the tag team ranks or whatever. I could see that case. If you want to make the case for Kojima as an individual, and know you know he was a single star, and then he was a big deal in in, in, in all Japan, and then he was big deal, and then he, and like I could see the case for that too. But it's just like, no, as a tag team. What are you doing no no no. absolutely
1: absolutely not
0: they're gonna fall off pretty soon too i I think uh, it's only a matter of time before they fall off i think they're getting on now because people see the names go oh yeah but it's like nah there's really no case for tenkoji as as hall of famers
1: so tipsy and naito um hmm so let me think how to say this tipsy and naito i i think the best wrestler in the world right now obviously people disagree with me and say okada i'm sure you you're one of them but even people who disagree, I think, would, would, would Nitro be in like your top five, right?
0: Maybe oh, sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Top three?
0: Hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come That's on,
0: tougher. Rich. Oh, man. Let's, okay. Let me, let me rephrase the question again. Let me, they'll give me a few seconds. Is, Nitro, run,
1: is run. Nitro in your top three wrestlers, best wrestlers in the world right now? Just in red. When I talk about drawing,
0: yeah. Mm, no. Who's your top three? Let me hear this. Oh Jesus. I'm terrible at making uh, guys. Come on. No, come on. Is, don't make me do this. Okay. Who's uh,
1: your three people uh, than NATO? Let me go. Because obviously it's only it's pretty much just three people you think are better if you say you're in your top five.
0: Right, like, yeah. So I it'd be Okada, it'd be Kenny Omega, and then my third would probably be I'm trying to think of uh probably Zach Saber Jr. would be my third.
1: Interesting. Okay. Um but yeah, I mean NATO to me is the best wrestler in the world. Um you know, obviously just Whatever you think of him as in slur I mean, just objectively, he is one of the biggest drawing cards on the planet right now. Um, I can tell you firsthand from being in Japan, in the crowd, at uh, you know, they they sold out three straight shows, in the, and one of the sellouts was you know, they always they've always had trouble basically selling out both of those semifinal shows. You know, I don't think anyone surprised Okada Omega sold out. You know, the Okada show has sold out before. Okada has whatever you think of, again, whatever you think of him as an inaugural wrestler. Okada also has an incredible run as a draw. The other one is the one they've had trouble selling out in the past few years. And Naito Tanahashi, again, Tanahashi, also a great draw. But Naito Tanahashi sold out this year. And, you know, that crowd was like, LIJ merchandise everywhere the eye could see. So, you know, Naito, incredible draw. Um... You know, so that merch, if you look at the, t- the Ninja fan merchandise rankings, always, almost always number one. You know, usually several of the top spots are him and L.I.J. So, you know, just a, a real movement there. I wouldn't vote for him as Hall of Famer. I'm saying all that together to say, right, in 2017, I would not vote for him as Hall of Famer. I think he had a better pre L.I.J. career than people realize. Like his pre L.I.J. in his ring is. If people say it's terrible, I do you think he was terrible before Lo- Lo- Losing Gabriel
0: Rich. Uh, no, no, I don't think so at all. I, I think there was a, I think he was good and then he had the knee injury. And then when he came back, there was a little bit of a period there where he wasn't great, where you could tell he just wasn't quite confident with his knee, was still trying to figure it out. But then there was the, the, the series of matches, I believe, I, I forget the year where him and Ishii just fucking tore the house yeah. down for the title. Yeah. Uh, whatever year those were. Basically, from that point he's on, he's been 20, great. So. 2014,
1: I think. Yeah. 2014? Okay, it so early 2014. It would have been, been right after the, the Tokyo Dome event with Okada.
0: Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. so, which, yeah. which, which,
1: by the way, is also a fantastic match. I, I think yes, very, one of the most underrated Wrestle Kingdom matches. I mean that that to me is like four and a half, four and three quarters. And I've seen people give it like three stars. I'm like, what the fuck are you? No, up it's right? it's not. It's
0: pretty good. <laughs> yeah, ever, pretty much from that point on, he he, he was a made guy, and it was the it was the lead up to the it was the lead up to the G one where he was just like kind of there was something weird. He was still trying to kind of figure out his knee, and 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 I think everybody can kind of agree that that you know that was a bad call having to win the G one and go. Yeah. It was just not the right time for it, but we saw that li- that time would come later, and, and obviously it has come in the, in, in yeah. the years prior. So, or and, the, that, years and that, and that twenty, so, so that twenty
1: fourteen G one, I remember him having some really good matches, like with Okada, um, a few yeah. other guys, and like, yeah, I mean that, that Okada G one match might have actually been even better than the Dome match. So, like, just you know, he had some really good matches, and then even before that, No Limit had some great stuff. Mm-hmm. The tag they division, did. so like, you know, like Nitro, Nitro to me already has a strong argument for in ring Hall of Favor. It's the rest of it. Um, would I vote for him right now? No. I think he needs – he doesn't need as much as – I've seen people say he needs like five more years. I don't even know if he needs five more years. I think he needs like two to three more years as a top draw and, you know, as, a, as an influential guy, which he clearly already is for the past year and a half. If you give me give me like two more years of that even, and I would be ready to call him a slam dunk call, say,
0: Yeah, I'm right with you. I think you said it exactly how I would um... – not there now. Uh, this is again one of the fallacies. One of the faults of the ballot is like guys get on here a little too early. Like yeah. we should wait a few more years and let these guys get a little older. Let them get a few more years. Cause you got a guy like Kotobushi and, and a guy like Naito is the most egregious one where it's just like, no, like he's like two more, yeah, two more years. Two right. Years. Like it just seems so weird. Like it's like, no, he's about to wrestle, you know, main event Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> and like it might do great business. Like let's just wait for that. If, like if that, if that Naito, time,
1: even... if that Naito Okada Dome does like like let's say like 35,000 or something like to me slam dunk immediately like that's yeah, it yeah
0: sure. no and i agree so and i'm be? right with you and that's why I said like, let's wait for yeah. that like i know that like he he's of the age and he's of the years that you would put him on but like just just wait a year just like say that you forgot to put him on or whatever cuz it's like yeah. he doesn't have a case this year and i hope that he stays on the ballot i mean i'm sure he he i'm, I'm sure he will i mean i'm sure he'll get enough votes yeah. most of the modern new japan guys are are sort of you know getting a baseline of votes or whatever but he's a guy that's absolutely on the trajectory absolutely a guy who who, who if you talk to me in two years, I'm going to vote for, but it's just like, let's let's kind of see how those two years go. I think they're going to go well. I mean, the projections look like they're going to go well, but it's just like, not right now. I mean, not before he's about to have his biggest moment ever. And
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, he's, so about to, like... he's about to maybe win the IWGP heavyweight title in the main event of, of the Tokyo Dome, or at least, you know, I mean, look, if he goes in there and has a five-star match with Okada and they sell out the Dome, and, or not sell the Dome, but like, they do 35,000, like, you know, like, let's, let's, let him do that first, you know. Yeah, like, so that that's that's one of the
0: <laughs> one of the faults with when putting guys on his ballot. So yeah, I just hope I just hope my only hope with him is that he gets enough. Like I'm not going to vote for him because I don't want to be like I don't want to like because people are going to be like, oh, what the hell, you know? And, and that's yeah. my responsibility. But I hope that there are enough people that sort of vote for him just to keep him on the ballot. Or if he falls off the ballot, he'll be a guy that after Wrestle King will be right back on that ballot. And, yeah. and in a few years, we can we can talk to, about him more, you know. I mean, I like reason. So, yeah,
1: like next year, even uh, maybe I could see voting for him if the like dome is such a huge success. And then, even definitely by 2019, I think I'll have enough for a run to do it. So, yeah. we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, just you know, the the run he's had this year, though, has been like I think like the Elgin match, the Tanahashi matches, just like I think he's had an incredible year. So, and he's still got another big match for HCE next week that mm-hmm. should, should be fantastic. Like the, their floor is like four and a quarter. So like all oh, those two really dudes, no... yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: they're just ridiculous.
1: <laughs> um, Yoshiaki Fujiwara, thirty uh, percent last year. I I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but oh, you know
0: yeah, I don't I don't really have any. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, good good, I guess. But yeah, there's not enough there that really really passionate for me about Fujiwara. So yeah, I'm, pro- I'm probably the wrong guy to ask about Fujiwara. You'll have to uh, consult someone else for that. <laughs> the Fujiwara segment, sorry. Yuji Nagata, the final one we're gonna talk about here.
1: <sighs> yeah. So, 25, 26% in 2013, 37% in 2014, back down to 23 in 2015, 20, 21% last year. He'll be dropped because it's under 50% in 2017. I I wish I could sit here
0: and make a case for Eugene. Gotta
1: be yeah, a I've tried. Thing. I've I done articles. Him.
0: I've done articles. I've done it. I've, and then uh-huh. the end of the article, I'm just like, oh,
1: man. Like,
0: no, I mean, he, he's not. He <laughs> like, to me me, like, the, the,
1: the absolute top tier of the Hall of very good.
0: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, he's so – I mean, he his in-ring is – either right at the border or, like, right there at Hall of Fame level. He just has no drawing at all. Like, just, like, New Japan, the year he was championed, like, for the time, was a disaster. And some of that was not his fault. It was, you know, throwing him out there to get killed by Crow Cop. But, like, it was, you know, it just did not draw at all. When he was champ. like, for the, at the standards of the time period, he just, he was not a good draw. And, you know, the fact that they took so long to ever go back to him after that should basically tell you everything you need to know.
0: Yeah, and he basically um, just immediately after that just became like a guy on the roster, and that's kind of what he's been ever since then. He pops up a few times, has some big moments here and there, kind of a gatekeeper type. But yeah, just not a, not enough there. And, and the in ring, I, I love, but it's not like a blowaway in ring where it's like, oh, no doubt. It's not like a Brian Davis yeah, case where definitely. it's like he can get in on that alone influence. I mean, there's just nothing there in terms of influence. Like. I mean,
1: maybe maybe if now people made the trainer argument for Otomo, so maybe in like ten years, if Oka and Kitamura and some other people are like fucking. Mm-hmm. You know, leaving okay. us for a Japanese boom period, you can go back and be like, "Oh well, you know, he trained them <laughs> like that." That could be like the influence that gets him over the top, but but yeah, not. I mean, he's dropping off the bout this year, so yeah, he's he's not going to last. And it have to be ten years from now when someone tells us to put it back in because you know, uh, Oka just had like, he, Oka found the the big crossover with the otaku because he is an otaku as well, and. You know, he vented against a hologram of an idol or something. I don't know, whatever, whatever we're watching in twenty twenty seven.
0: But yeah, it's just I I've always wanted to make the case for Yuji, and I I try I really do, but it's just there's there's just not enough there for. Have him. you it's so have you stuff. seen
1: some of the stuff that Oka like comes out with, with these like these towels of like these these like half naked anime women and stuff? Like he's yes, really yeah. he's really into it. Okay, like, extremely into it. So I, I wasn't don't know sure how, where that began. I don't
0: it, know. Yeah, go go him. Yeah.
1: I don't know how that comes off to the to the non-Wia crowd, but...
0: No, and, and there was that one, uh, the great picture, one of my greatest pictures of the entire summer was like him, uh, Kitamura, and I forgot who else hanging out on a beach with Yuji Nagata and they were surrounded by babes. And I was like...
1: And Oka looked so awkward! Yeah, he was just <laughs> like, I
0: I like the anime girls more. <laughs> like, you guys are weird. Like, I want
1: to see my flat women 2D! 2D. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. He, uh, he did not seem very comfortable with that. Yuji... And and uh, and Kittemura looked very comfortable around the uh, the, the women, but uh, not Oka. Oka looked like he'd rather be anywhere else in the world than surrounded by a group of women.
1: So. <laughs> He's like these women are they're, they're too fleshy.
0: Yeah, not I think sure. also uh, I think the beach wasn't Oka's uh, vibe either. So which is possible, yeah. but uh, that that's my greatest picture ever, where those dudes are just doing like fucking like exploder suplexes to each other in the. Thing. <laughs> yeah.